on Twitter at going underscore streaming, on Instagram at we're going streaming, and like us on Facebook at going streaming. We're going streaming. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of We're Going Streaming. This is episode number, I should have wrote this down. 39. 39. And I'm joined, I'm joined as always, with uh, my co-host, Brian. What's up, everybody? It's Wes Anderson Day. Okay. And Pat? Why did you question that? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I want to confuse you. What the fuck was that? I mean... Technically, it's, yeah. da- it's Daddy Cake, so let's start with that. Okay. Oh boy, here we <laughs> that's go. weird. You sure everyone can hear you? Yeah. I mean, I'm speaking into the mic. Yeah. Maybe more, Daddy should get closer to the mic. No, I meant everyone around us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, daddy no, there's cakes, no one else guys. in my room. We're good. <laughs> no flying We're dildos. Going. No flying dildos. Yes. No flying dildos. That was. <laughs> that was funny. All right. So <laughs> if you listen to the last. If you were to listen to the last episode, um, you would uh, you would know that we are currently on our Wes Anderson episode. Um, Wesley Wales Anderson, born May ni- May first, nineteen sixty nine, he's an American filmmaker. Um, his stuff's kind of well known for its pastel colors and monotone monologues, and I don't know. Close-ups on hands and weird shit like that. Um, his first film I picked last episode to review is called Bottle Rocket. His first feature film, rather. Uh, he followed that with Rushmore, which got him some notor- notoriety. And then uh, I th- believe he received a nomination, his first nomination for Academy Award Best Original Screenplay for The Royal Tenenbaums. Um. And that's a very popular film of his, but that's not one we reviewed. The other ones we reviewed are <laughs> The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou <laughs> and uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, so Life Aquatic was Pat's choice uh, previously, and Brian's choice was Moonrise Kingdom. But before we get to any of that, we have to go to our little uh, segments here. And we're going to start with... Bad culture. Even a little slower, Brian. I think Pat tried to. No, I think Pat tried to come in early, and that screwed everything up. I didn't come in early. You guys came in late. Hey, hey! If you had a nickel, you guys came came (laughs) and canceled. And that's it. We're done. That's it. Show's over. Fuck it. Go home. Uh, What are you still doing? (laughs) Why are you still listening? Fuck off. Uh, Are we Ferris Bueller? Yeah, nice. I guess so. Um, anyway, to start off with, happy 101st birthday to Norman Lear, one of uh, one of the greatest uh, writers and producers of our generation. Created such shows as uh, what? Why am I blanking right now? I have the shows. Oh I my god! I forgot you were doing PPCP for a second, and I was like, "What does Norman Lear have to do with Wes Anderson?" I'm like flipping through my notes. <laughs> oh my god! What Norman Lear? What shows? Didn't he oh do? Those were the days. <laughs> yeah, oh, all what, in the family. What, all in the family, and all in the family. Like, Jeffersons, Maude, Good Times. Oh, fuck, get yeah. it. Archie Bunker's yeah, yeah. place. Anyway, 
Was that a show? Anyway, I guess so. Archie Bunker's place. Was, here's the thing. I did a quick Google search. Believe it or not, that Pat, like there's a, a thing called a fest. Google, <laughs> and you I can find anything you're looking for. Pretty much, Archie's Archie Bunker's place sounds like a terrible Sesame Street segment. It also sounds like a bar in like Midlothian. Oh, dumb. I mean, oh, that actually would be actually kind of fun. Oh no, that would attract the wrong crowd. No, it's dive I bar, mean, like a shitty dive bar. Yeah, it is yeah. a shitty dive That's bar. It's just like old you know, white guys buying like dollar yeah. and GDs, and like yeah. occasional truckers that are like just yeah. in for the night. Yeah, no good. <laughs> no Without good. the pink champagne. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, happy hundred first birthday to Norman Lear. Cool. Continue, continue to thrive and live your best life. He's alive. Love you. Yeah, he's still alive. One hundred one. <clears throat> yeah, he's not Matt's morbid minute. Interesting. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see the. SAG-AFTRA union has con- is continuing with their current strike, or has started their current strike against the movie studios, as well as the continuing writer strike, so pay your writers, pay your actors, uh, producers, or executives, or get fucked. Uh, let's see what else. I was thinking, can I just parlay off that real quick? <clears throat> yeah. I was thinking, with the writer strike and the actor strike, is this our moment to write and star in the Midnight Barber and get it made in Hollywood? Like we'll just we'll just cut the picket line. Well, and actually, we'll go. <laughs> can we, we, can we, can we scab funny, our way into a movie? No, no let's, hold on, hold let's on. Actually, funny story, funny story. A twenty four is the only one that's oh. allowed to do work because yes. they accepted uh, the union's uh, terms. Yeah, it's not a funny it's story. Cool. It's a great story. Good for it's them. It's a great story. Yeah. It's good for them. I'm yeah. proud of A24. And Although I was a little disappointed in the uh, the tweet or whatever that service around them that was like, if they can do it, why can't Disney? And I'm like, okay, it's not just Disney. Yes, they suck, but everyone yeah. else isn't fucking doing it either. Well, so. they're, they're yeah. yeah, really going after comments that Bob, what was his name? Bob oh, Iger? That's Bob true. Iger. That's true. Well, he yeah, sucks. He's kind of an asshole. Oh, he no, sucks. Yeah. I mean, he's born with a silver spoon. Oh, yeah. yeah. What if he is a silver spoon? Up his butt. He just feeds the mouse. Up his up butt. His, yeah, up his butt, of Where course. the sun doesn't shine. Oh, yeah, where's that? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Up, your, up, up, up your butt? Up your butt? Up your butt? <laughs> like up, what a up, rubber what up, up the butt? Right. Up butt? What up the butt? Uh, <laughs> oh, Jamie Foxx. Take a drink Jamie every Fox time. Jamie out of the hospital. He's decided twice in Chicago. So. Oh, sweet. All right. Chicago. So congratulations to Jamie Foxx for... Why is he in Chicago? Uh, he was at Matt's place. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> hanging out. He's hanging out in my no, shitty one-bedroom no, apartment. Like, they were, they were watching like the Life Aquatic of Steve Zaizu together. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll get his thoughts. We'll get him over here. <laughs> he's, he's, he's riding my unicycle He's got, he's got right a three-word review. <laughs> no, but he was like... It's called MGM on a Graham Betts. No. He was casually hanging out on a boat in uh, Chicago, and then he was, uh, was randomly at Topgolf in Naperville. But, I mean, oh, hey, you know what? Everyone's at Topgolf in Naperville. You're top glad, golf and uh, I'm, <laughs> neighbor thrill, I'm glad, and there's there's Jamie Fox. Mel Brooks I was mean, at top golf in Naperville the other day. <laughs> Him and Norman see. Lear just taking swings. <laughs> <laughs> they were there for the Bloody Mary bar <laughs> every Sunday between twelve and. <laughs> uh, but uh, J- Jamie, glad to see you still kicking and screaming. Yeah, that's Have, good. I like Jamie Fox. You know, no, all good. the way back to he's a living color. Dude. Did you guys watch a living color? Yes, uh, I saw episodes. Uh, okay. I saw reruns. Spoke I to, yeah, spoke, spoke to a coworker of mine recently. Don't want to say who it is, but his first name starts with a J and his last name is Potter. Um, <laughs> he was he had never heard of in living color in his life. What? That's where like Jim Carrey started. I know. Yeah. He had yeah. no idea what we in were in the Wayans. Yep. 
the Wayans brothers and sister. Yeah, we're going to do a Living Color episode. <clears throat> yeah, sure. there's a lot of famous... J-Lo was a dancer. J-Lo, yeah. 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 A lot yep. of uh, Living Color. Yeah. Kevin Hart was conceived two in Living Color. His parents... <laughs> <laughs> that can't be right. He's, well, that's, he's older than me, okay. isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's older than you. Okay. <laughs> Um, and that's it. That's all I got for Pop Culture Pop this week. That's oh. fun. Well, fun pops, Pat. Thank you. Yeah. You're Great welcome. pops. Um, Appreciate your pops. You. Gotcha. Pop. So, uh, pop. from Pat's Pop Culture Pop, we're going to go to Good Brian's recent feature review. Thanks, Pat, for just not showing up. Not how that. it's supposed to go, and yours is supposed to be second. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed Are to be second. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're supposed to bring it down, then Brian's supposed to bring it back up. Yeah. <sighs> Fine. Mass morbid minute. You rang. All right. So, um, were you even saying things? Okay. Everyone's favorite depressing part <laughs> of this podcast. I don't know though. The, when we started talking about Tina in that last one or so, and that was that was that was good. I feel like we were kind of I think like I referenced excited. we we don't need another hero like five times though. I kept singing it like just the beginning. Just the beginning of that song. I don't know why. Um but we have some some big names. Big names that um that went uh we'll we'll first start with uh locally Chicago Blackhawks owner. Blackhawks are uh I I like to relate everything to movies and you know shows on streaming and uh the Blackhawks have been featured in you know, Wayne's World, and also Bottle Rocket, which is one of the movies we have uh, reviewed. Sudden Death starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Was he the, wasn't the owner. The oh, Swingers. Oh, yeah, Swingers, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't the owner then. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was Dollar Bill Wirtz. But, uh, yeah, Rocky Wirtz passed away. Um, he kind of had a... He... he, he Started out where he was like kind of the darling of Chicago, and then towards the end, he kind of, with their whole handling of a you know certain situation with a certain player, kind of ended up. I mean, five cups, right? A bit of a villain. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, he was already kind of a villain because uh, he was involved yeah. with conspiracy involving uh, the liquor industry in Illinois. So. Yeah, oh he was already, well, he was the words. Yeah. Sure. Um. But he helped the Blackhawks win a couple of uh, Stanley Cups, so <clears throat> we forget Only about that because that's how sports works. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but yeah, fair. Rocky Roots. But still, I mean, rest in peace. Like, feel for the family and everything. Uh, born in 1952, died July 25th, 2023 at North Shore Evanston Hospital. <laughs> and that's the only uh, news coming out of Evanston right now. <laughs> Just kidding. Nobody Google Northwestern. <laughs> don't, don't Google it. Or Germany. Germany. Listen or to me right former, now. Wait, don't hold on. Google Northwestern. The coach Northwestern. What high school did he go to? Fitz? Samberg. Yeah. Oh, he went to Samberg. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to get that out there. Um, Another big. Best of the best. Yeah. Another big name. Very sadly passed away. Uh, Sinead O'Connor. She was born December 8th, 1966, yeah. died July 26th, 2023. Yeah. Um, of course, famously known for Nothing Compares to You, which mm-hmm. kind of skyrocketed her up. Um, the best Prince cover artist ever. Yes. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's originally a Prince song, if you didn't know. Truly, um, nothing compares to her. But she really? uh, was on SNL 
like kind of infamous yep. but famous uh she was on snl and um held up a uh after a certain oh. song i forget what song but she held up a a picture of the pope was it john paul ii uh, yep. yeah. and then and she ripped it up and it was kind of a and called out the pedophilia in the church yeah the pedophilia yeah. and then before she was, was kind of before they made spotlight yes and she was kind of blacklisted from that from the industry she was booted oh, yeah. you know many concerts and kind of and fell out of everything and then she had mental health uh little situations um she sadly, lost her, she lost her son recently lost her son mm-hmm. um but yeah, so sadly she uh, she passed away. She's fifty six years old. Yeah. And then um, another one, Tony Anthony. Hold on, here we go. Let me get this right. <laughs> Anthony Dominic Benedetto. Don't want to piss off the Italians. You Beautiful. know. Beautiful. Um, passed away. I mean, if you don't know the name Tony Bennett, you're just not listening to music. Been featured in so many rom coms. Um, geez, man, like, wasn't he in Harry Met Sally? Like, his songs were, or, or, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, um, the crooner, you know, the, the he was kind of like the he was like kind of like the classic crooner, yeah, classic crooner, yeah, yeah, exactly. A little bit, a little bit of Sinatra protege ish, I guess. Maybe we could kind of go that route, but you know, yeah, him, him and the Wayne Newtons of the world. Like, yeah, he's. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, is he is he the last of the crooners? I think Bobby Vinton's still alive. Like the classic yeah, crooners. Like Harry Connick doesn't count. Harry Connick doesn't count. Buble is tech. Buble, technically, and I guess Groban tried to grab a little bit of this, like the, but they're not the they're classics, not classics though. They're not classics. Yeah, Buble is the last very edge of it like my yeah. daughter will consider Michael Buble a classic crooner. You know what I mean? Like she'll be like, he's the last. He's one. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then but the Tony Bennett was like, I, I'd say the last of the originals because he was yeah. kind of on the tail end yeah, of yeah. like Martin Sinatra, yes, yes, and all them, yes. Um, but yeah, Tony Bennett, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Just recently, we lost him. <laughs> but he was born August third, nineteen twenty six. He died July twenty first, twenty twenty three. Aged ninety six. Oh my god! Jeez. And then finally, I just want to get a little personal here. Um. I probably shouldn't, but I will. Uh, my aunt, Virginia, um, she passed away. She was 81 years old. Um, she was born in 1942 in Chicago, and she passed away July 18th, 2023. She's 81 years old. Um, relating to movies, she, I remember trying out for uh, the Oscar Mayer Wiener commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you? And we, yeah. I forget where it was, but she lived in Hinsdale. Oh, they had money. And um, we stopped by with my mom. And, you know, my mom was saying, oh, yeah, he's trying out for the Oscar Mayer thing. And she said, break a leg. And I go, what the hell? I was like, why is why is she <laughs> wanting me to break a leg? Like, I literally didn't know what it means. That's awesome. At that point when I was a kid. And uh, my mom's like, oh, yeah, that's something they say to, like, you know, actors or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I went out there. I sang the song. I didn't get picked. But I got to go inside the, the Wienermobile, which is... It's worth it. Wow, I think every kid did, so it doesn't matter. But wow, these, um, these were things people said out loud. I know it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't make the Wiener Mobile thing. It was weird. Like they had me come in the the Wiener Mobile, take my shirt off, and sing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, what that was about. All right. 
I didn't real. Joe I didn't Francis was there. I didn't really understand. That was <laughs> his first. Re- that was his first gig. <laughs> the Pope. The Pope was there. <laughs> Whoa! All right. <laughs> Joe Francis, the fucking the girls got wild guy. Okay. Okay. Well, I wasn't that uh, big of a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. I don't know, what do you mean? I don't know. Oh I don't know what I mean. This is supposed to be a sweet oh. subtle moment, subtle moment uh. for Matt. I know, I know, right? We went, this went so off the rails. R.I.P. Virginia. Yeah. This was for you. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully you enjoyed this that. This one was Virginia. for you. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll take, uh, I'll yeah, take, so big, I'll take uh, a drink of whiskey out of my flask in your honor. I'll take big a sip losses. of champagne from my beer glass. I still think it's weird that you're drinking whiskey out of a flask when you're it's at your own home. Over it's leftover whiskey for That's, my sister's wedding. Well, whiskey out of a flask is something like you do in secret. <clears throat> and I'm Or in a country I'm, song. I'm yelling it out loud proudly because I am me. What else do you fucking expect? Okay. Real, well, listeners, right. listeners, I want you to sound out. Do you expect hey. anything less out of me? I need to know this. You, you got me, me the there. Truth. Tell me the truth. Specifically you, Minota. Which reminds, which reminds me, Minota, I'm so Minota Tech uh, posted on our Instagram post the other day. He kind of goes like, "Where have you guys been?" He's like, "I've been itching for we're going streaming," and he goes like, uh, "And I tell him, you know, Brian, Brian was, you know, enjoying his summer vacation. I had a wedding to deal with, and then Matt was finding himself. And of course, he goes like, did Matt find what's, himself?' I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I was finding myself. Yeah, he also had things to do. Um, yeah, what the fuck." <laughs> I mean, I know you guys are having dinner before movies now, but, you know, you, you can occasionally reach out and be like, hey, Matt, what's going on? You were invited. Speaking, you were invited, speaking of dinners before a certain movie we saw, guess what that movie was? Brian's recent feature review. That was the best thing like, pulling us back in ever. Um, so I recently saw with Pat, and Matt has seen it at this point. <clears throat> Separately. Christopher Nolan's bio <laughs> 2023 I mean borderline masterpiece is kind of the initial like reviews of it but Oppenheimer <clears throat> Oppenheimer go for oh. fucking watch it it's pretty good right <laughs> can I can I say something real quick about Oppenheimer I know it's hard not to talk about this it's so hard I don't I'm not gonna spoil it this is this is just oh, more yeah, relative it's gonna come out before a lot of people have seen it yeah this is more relative to my my viewing experience. Yeah. So I went to I went to see it at the epic, historic, yeah. music box theater. Yeah. I will tell you this: live bring cast, a, Rocky Horror Midnight. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Bring a donut or something <clears throat> to sit on if you're going to be there for more than two hours. Yeah. We were there for three funny. hours. I was I I looked around and at hour forty, everyone just like leaned forward. You just heard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I shifted like fourteen times. Yeah, just like everybody oh, in yeah. the at, at, all in unison. I was just Err? well, and we Err? were in, and we were we were in IMAX, so it's like straight up. So there's no recline. There's no sink back. There's no nothing. Uh, okay. No, so we it's were... IMAX. They're like you gotta fucking stand. <laughs> we're yeah, the, I the, like standing. Yeah, and it's, yeah, and it's AMC. AMC has not updated their <laughs> theaters in years. 
fuck them. I hate that theater. It, no, oh, just, they have an updated version of yours? It's Let IMAX. me tell you about the music box. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know having you guys s- are making money. Like Having said this. I don't know what the deal is, but it, it must be a national, hist- like a historic monument or something where they, they can't update certain things. Um, Yeah. I believe that's, it. That's part that. Um, I don't know. I think seats should be... Let's let's let seats change. <laughs> change the seats. <laughs> That's right. it. The, everything else is fine. Just the seats. <laughs> All right, easy communist. Um, <laughs> I'm not hanging out with Chevalier, and you know, <laughs> easy F A E C T. My brother was a communist. No. <laughs> My brother is no longer associated with the communists. I wasn't practicing. I was never practicing. I just I was just auditing. I just had to hang out with them a little too much. That's how I well, feel. That's how I feel about Wes Anderson films. Oh, good tie-in. <laughs> so Wes Anderson <laughs> films. So it's funny that you know we're talking about Wes cult? Anderson. I just like the ideas. Because be- <laughs> before this, we were talking about how like high-end, low-end Wes Anderson fans. Um. Brian would be kind of on the high end. I'm kind of in the middle, and Pat is totally just unfazed fucking, by any Wes Anderson movie. I fucking hate Wes Anderson. I hate his films. And hate's a strong word. Yeah, wow. Hate is a strong word. And I mean every word of my hate for Wes Anderson. So, I mean as a result word. of that, I hope I a certain think... person, I'm going to, just for the sake of story, I'm going to call her Rebecca, is listening to this, and she's like a huge <laughs> Wes Anderson fan. <laughs> well, so before we get to the reviews, trash. What? although we kind of teased it a little bit, what's everyone's thoughts on Wes Anderson now? I hate him more. <clears throat> oh wow! After watching more of it, hey, so the movies we we yes. picked. Yeah. Have you seen I them before? Was saying, what are the movies? I have not seen any of the movies that we picked before. Let's start. Oh, off. let me list the the movies are Bottle Rocket, Life Aquatic, and Moonrise Kingdom. And this is a pretty good, like, general idea of Wes Anderson too. Yeah, are there better movies? Of course, but we didn't pick those because we feel like most people have seen them. These are. Well, these were the ones we haven't seen that, you know. Yeah. All right, let him go. Pat, like you're I said, I, I hate him more. I hate him. More. I hate him a lot more after this. You watched all three. I hate two completion. I watched all three. Two completion. How'd you find him? So, I'll fully admit, I liked Bottle Rocket the most. I will fully admit that. Mm. I figured, even I, then, figured I still that. didn't love it. I still didn't love it. <laughs> I still didn't also, love it. Uh, just for the listeners, Bottle Rocket's the only one that's available on streaming. Yeah, where somebody you, follows the rules. Just, where uh, well, where did no, you pr- watch? Do you get points for that for winning the episode? Um, yes. Where did you watch Moonrise Kingdom and Life Aquatic? I was able to pull them up on Prime, but I just rented them. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, they're all, they're all available yeah. to rent. They are. Them. I just I just wanted to yeah. make sure that he yeah. paid six dollars to Wes Anderson. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I did because again I. I do the things I do for this fucking pod. I will <laughs> fucking go the distance, <laughs> especially for the sake of fucking content. Um, I just want to make sure you paid six dollars for Sanderson. That was great. Anyway, um, I liked Bottle Rocket the most, of course, of the three, mostly because because it felt like it's like it didn't feel pretentious. That's the and you know what? Mm. The thing, I, I need to make a comment on this too. 
because he wrote this with Owen Wilson, so I don't know how much that factors in. Oh, this is a this is a reoccurring uh, discussion about him. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know how much that factors in, <clears throat> but you know, I get to Life Aquatic, and it's just like, ugh, I I just feel grossed out by it. Yeah, it just, it just feels very pretentious, and then Moonrise even more so. Like it just oozes mm-hmm. like hmm. oozes like this is my style, and I have to like do this now. It's like I kind of so see where just, you're coming from. Yes. So it's just it, yes. So it drives me at the wall because it's like Bottle Rock was actually like a really solid movie, and I would have liked to see him kind of expand more on some of the central the- central components of that. Yes. Versus what we got out of Li- Life Aquatic, and then eventually Moonrise, and then God forbid if I ended up watching Asteroid City or uh, fucking that, Gr- yeah, Budapest I, Hotel. But those are I would have yeah, yeah. I would have lost it, my fucking mind because it would have been like. It's like why, why, why the fuck do you keep doubling down on these fucking components that just <clears throat> make me hate you? It's yeah. a style. I mean, I, I feel as Brian. I understand that it's a style. Filmmakers to used extent, to be like just, this very heavily, but I think as Brian said um, um, earlier, it was like this was like kind of three tiers of Wes Anderson. Yeah, a little yes. bit. And joking. Bottle Rocket was probably the least of. I mean, we'll talk about this more as we review, but it was probably the least of like a Wes Anderson, like using the, the his typical, you know, Wes Anderson tropes. Yes. Um, totally, totally. You know, you didn't get the pastel colors. You didn't get the monotone monologues. You didn't get the, uh, you know, just random years that things are happening. It, does, it like, doesn't have fucking narration. It doesn't have narration. Yeah, there's no narration. Yeah. Right. There's no, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I could see why you would like Bottle Rocket more. Um but it's yeah. I think with him, for me, it took me a while to come around and kind of respect him. Um, I hadn't seen Battle Rock up until recently, up until basically before we recorded this, and uh, I I did really enjoy that film. We'll talk about it more later on. Um, but yeah, his other films are just. I think it needs another viewing with an open mind. Um, like he. Cause, it, so I mean, Life Aquatic was one of those where I remember I watched the first time. I was like, "This is stupid. I don't understand why people like this." The second time later on, I watched it. I was like, "Okay, this is actually pretty good." Yeah, you just gotta be open to it. It's, it, it's and it, you gotta think about it like as directors, like everyone kind of wants to put their own little stamp on things, and and he's, I mean, he's, I don't know, he's known for it's one, it's so the best to- the. The best example of what I can say what Wes Anderson is doing is, is Tim Burton. There are certain mm-hmm. directors that just, they have a very specific style. Yeah. And sometimes the story fits it and sometimes it doesn't, but they stick to their style. And that's where I feel Wes Anderson is, is there's a very, there's a very peak and valley thing for me with him. And I, I'm going to make a little bit more of an argument later, but, you know, um, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it with Life Aquatic, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's just he's just a lot of filmmakers don't do this. Even even David Fincher doesn't really have there's certain there's certain direct David Fincher, um uh who's uh Mangold, the guy who did uh like Ford vs. Ferrari, he did like Logan and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his first yeah. name right now. But yeah. yeah. No, I can't him. either. And they have a very distinct style, but it feels like studio style where they're like, oh, this feels very mm-hmm. set PC and this and kind of thing and stuff like that. But like Wes Anderson's of the world, James the Mangold. Tim Burton's of the world, James Mangold, yes. They, you know, Tim Burton's, Wes Anderson's of the world, like 
they have a style and they're just like, this is my fucking style. Take it or leave it. Which you got to appreciate. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But you got to like, appreciate the fact that they're they're not like uh, there's some directors like famous, especially like studio directors, like where it's like, I don't know, everything just they, you didn't put your stamp on it. Like, it's just like, oh, this is just, this is oh, a good movie, but time. it's like not it's fine. But it's not like, how can I tell it's yours? Who's you know, whereas like Scorsese, it's like Who's people have to do a ton of cocaine oh, in like in a back room or something like. <laughs> no, and <laughs> with and uh, get, Robbie Robertson. I mean, uh. <laughs> I get, th- I get, I get that to a certain extent, but it it just feels like instead of kind of going with the better parts of his of his tropes and stuff, he mm-hmm. kind of went the ro- he went the wrong direction. I so, think he went the wrong direction. Well, like so, Brian said, I think there's certain movies that are built for him. Yeah. No, and I I also well, get that, but even. Even the ones that I did watch that were supposedly his best ones, I still there. It's just something about him that just rubs me in s- the wrong way in so many ways, and it drives me up the fucking wall. And I can't really explain fully. Put your why finger that on it. Is. So here's so here's it, but it's here's, like here's my nerdy cinephile take on the Wes Andersons and Tim Burtons like of the world versus let's say like um you know like the Greta Gerwig's or the um Wes Anderson should have directed skins. No. <laughs> oh, oh actually I would say we're that. gonna we're gonna talk about at the end of this conversation we're gonna have a conversation about how Wes Anderson needs to make a fucking horror movie and distinctly a slasher film with his style. But here's the thing. There are certain oh, film direct- there are certain film directors who have a very distinct style, the Wes Andersons, the Tim Burtons of the world, blah, 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 which is great. But when you do that over the course of 12 films, it's redundant. Like, it feels redundant. The style feels redundant. And we're going to, I mean, what Owen Wilson feels redundant by the time you get to fucking French Dispatch. But but there's certain directors who, you know, like I said, uh, you know, Greta Gerwig or, goddamn, I was just thinking of someone else. But anyway, like, where they bomb back or right but they have a distinct voice and there's a difference like they're 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 kind of delivering the method of delivering their themes and what they're trying to say you know that's a voice whereas style is just like like so i read an i read an interview from the director of photography for life aquatic Mm-hmm. And he was like talking about working with Wes Anderson. He's done a lot of his films. I think they did. He, uh, yeah, they did some. They did a bunch of his films together. But um, he was distinctly talking about how Wes is just like obsessed with framing. So he just wants to frame a scene. You know what I mean? So that's why all of his fucking movies are just like a fucking painting where people in it are moving. Like, like every scene too. is yes. Every scene is so like plotted out like that. And like Guy Ritchie used to do that like a long time ago. But yeah, like. Yeah, it was very specific. He was very specific on his framing. And that's mm-hmm. that's fucking great. Like I love that about him, but I also want him to just fucking mix it up. Like, you know, yeah. and I think that's where Pat's, you know, you know, just fucking annoyance or boredom with it is coming from. It's just like, come on, man, mix it up. Mix it up. Well, yeah, and he uses the same Make Barbie. He uses the same <laughs> actors too. Oh god, yeah. Which probably doesn't help. Like Schwartzman also, Schwartzman just have a. We we've talked about this before in the pod. I don't like Schwartzman. I don't know why. He could be a perfectly nice. He was the person. drummer for Phantom Planet. How dare you? Nah, whatever. <laughs> I don't even care. Um, but he just. I don't know. He him and um. Oh, what's the guy 
from uh, we already talked about him. I do want to uh, punch social Jason network. Schwarzman. I don't even Jesse Eisenberg. As much as Eisenberg. You. Him and Schwar- like Eisenberg is one yeah. a one for punchable face, and then Schwartzman's a two. And you think you could take him? I just realized we became one of those like Instagram yeah, podcasts, <laughs> like where we're talking about, hey, yeah, bro, I'm gonna beat up the nerd. Yeah, Let's bro, find out if, a- if 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 Zuckerberg can fight Musk. Maybe you could fight Schwartzman. Or no, who, hold on. I don't, well, I don't Plus even want to fight Schwartzman because no. I mean, I'm not late. a fighter. Well, like, I'll late. get my ass it's kicked. Too late. But must I'll get beat up by Schwartzman, then fight. Wes Anderson will direct like the beat up, like the beat down. Oh my god, that would be incredible. <gasps> a Wes We're wearing, Anderson. Like, I'm gonna wear like a yellow blazer. Like, oh my god. Schwartzman will ride up in a like a yellow unicycle, wearing like a pink like suit. Oh my god, it sounds fantastic. Brian will be playing a tuba for some reason. I want. Yes. Ed Norton will just be like, "Hey, what's up?" No, no. I'm Pat's just here. Playing tuba. I'm like, I'm like your ring coach, but yeah. you know, I'm wearing. I'm of wearing course, like I'm a... playing tuba. I play the fucking tuba. <laughs> right. You just fucker. go like as he comes up. Like, <laughs> oh my god, this thing is writing itself. As Schwartzman kicking my ass, you just go, <laughs> and then I look back and I go, "Pat, you're on my team." And then I get knocked out. And then I just, by Schwartzman. I, I just have one scene where I don't, you don't even see me come to the ring, but my head's just laying on the side of the ring, and I'm just looking at you, and I'm like, "You gotta get up, man." You gotta go. No, but, you're, but but also like like, like some weird in, like almost some like like Fleur de Lis is playing as you're doing it like or uh what's the do 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 what's that Troy well, I don't know I don't yeah know. more the song that played at the end of write something on a violin yeah that's fine the song that played at the end of the Gaspar no Gaspar no he's a guy that has a style yeah but it yeah, but pornographic he, but this is kind of dot it's pornographic like. <laughs> At least Dude, I my hair looks like behind. David Lynch right now in Eraser. Well, like the the guy in Eraser. I, I feel oh, like there's another. I feel like with Gaspar Noe, he Lynch actually is, like pushes. But see, David a Lynch bit. is not a style. He, I feel like he's a voice. I feel like there's he's a, a voice. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I see what you're saying. David I see Lynch, what you're saying. Yes, that's that's the that's the Wes Anderson Tim Burton's. You know, they're yes. <clears throat> they're they have more of a they're artists. They're they're like visual. artists. They're yes, yes. Because Burton David Lynch is like oh, cerebral. Yes, David Lynch. You know, and I don't, man, this is all right. Send your hate mail to uh, we're going streaming at yahoo.com. But um, I feel like Christopher Nolan has all of this. He has mm-hmm. a visual and a story like, it, it, well, and his oh, he biggest thing is Wait, like real timeline. Quick, real quick to backtrack real quick. Are we Yahoo or are we Gmail? I feel like we're Gmail. I thought we were Yahoo. I, thought I think we're, we're Yahoo. Gmail. Are we Gmail? They were Gmail because we wanted to class it up or something. You know what? Just I'll start whichever one we don't have. I'll start before the night's over. <laughs> just G. Just yeah. Or just message in- us on no, the socials. No one's Instagram. doing it Instagram. Anyway. Instagram is not like no one's canceled Instagram, right? I just no. want one person. We need to get on threads too. to contact us from Germany. No, and nobody's will, on threads. We will put you on the podcast. I will mail you a microphone, and we will put you on the next podcast. <laughs> they probably have a, a you know. Somebody say that in German. Um Pat, don't. Oh my god. I used to say that to my friend's dog. Remember when David Lynch was just like giving weather reports through the pandemic? He was no, like, I, he was like I tried like, to sunny I, day today. I forgot how he sounds, but I, I was trying to do a David Lynch impression. Oh. <laughs> Were you? That's that's not a great No, idea. no, I'd like before, not not here. 
Because he's got... I don't know. Does no, David not, Lynch wear hoop that's, earrings? Why do I want to do a Werner Herzog impression? Like, <laughs> I'm David... <laughs> I am David Lynch. <laughs> I directed oh, yes. movies. And it's not how he sounds. Like, he's he's got a very kind of like a nasally voice. This is Steve Zahn. <laughs> he is like... Keep All right. Keep well, let's let's bear. move in. He let's move on, guys. The bear. Okay. So let's start with uh, let's start with Wes Anderson's just fanatic here. Uh, oh. We'll go with Pat. Pat's movie. <laughs> We're gonna go Life Aquatic. Oh. Yeah, Steve Sisu. I didn't mean to moan there. <laughs> I like every time we say Steve that, Sisu. it's different. Yeah, Pat said it like four different ways last episode. Steve, he's like life aquatic with Life aquatic with Susu. Now do do it if Warner Herzog was saying it on this episode of the Life Aquatic. We follow the brilliant mind of Steven Susu. That's good. Now, Pat, do it as Richard Nixon. <laughs> oh, I am not a crook. That's no. That's, uh, I am not Steve Zizzo. <laughs> I am not Steve Zizzo. Oh, and now there I'm going to do it like a Wookiee. Yeah, it checks out. All right. <laughs> the review. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um. Anyway, follows Bill Murray as Steve fucking Zissou. Uh, is it Zizu? Okay, never mind. Whatever, I don't give a shit. Uh, he wow. is a failing oceanographer who killed his boy Esteban by a dangerous tiger shark while filming his latest documentary that, quite frankly, fucking flopped. Did you say he killed him? Yeah, he killed his boy Esteban. Oh, that's an interesting. Okay, go ahead. Anyway. Okay, yeah. Anyway, we got so we got so many big names in here. We got fucking Owen Wilson, a fucking course. Angela Huston, Kate Blanchett. I didn't recognize Kate Blanchett in this, oh so that threw me off. Slay down, Angela, Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston. There you go. Okay, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, William Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum. It's like Michael Gambon. It's like what the fuck? People want, people want to work with him. What man. the fuck? I'm sorry that they do. I I think they deserve better. I think they deserve better. But anyway, so uh, Owen Wilson's character shows up and says, hey, I might be your son, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it's all these weird fucking weird pastel fucking creatures and weird fucking pastel crabs fighting each other. A weird, strange uh, seahorse that doesn't fucking exist. It's like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, they sit there. They go on this adventure to try and find this jaguar shark that killed Esteban. Uh, oh, Klaus Willem Dafoe is getting pissy that uh, Steve's giving him more, giving Ned more attention than uh, he's giving Klaus. They they both fall for the reporter that's Kate Blanchett's character. Uh, what's her name? Jane Winslet Richardson oh, comes God, to chronicle the voyage, and then uh, they sit there and try <laughs> to kill this tiger shark, and then Steve decides or Zizou decides to not kill him, and Ned <laughs> dies. It's like, this movie's a fucking train wreck, and I hate it. I fucking hate this movie. Zero out of five stars. 100%. And my three-word review is, fuck this movie. <laughs> Holy shit, zero out of five? 
Yes. I hate it. I I told you I was never going to be. I'm not I mean, you picked you picked the movies. you picked the worst of the three. Well, I mean, I know that. I mean, we all knew that. You said that last time. <laughs> it's not surprising, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This movie this movie feels like a giant fucking train wreck, and it just feels like a weird circle jerk that I don't enjoy. Like What's got Jeff Goldblum. Just because it's got Jeff Goldblum doesn't save a fucking movie. I mean, I you know what, though? I mean, keep playing Jeff Goldblum anything is Jeff half Goldblum, a fucking star, first of all. So. Jeff Goldblum is a fucking national treasure, and I'm sorry he's in this movie because his talents are fucking well, No, he's perfect Except for this shit. I'm surprised he isn't in more Wes Anderson, honestly. Yeah, right. Oh. No, I thought the same thing. He's, like, built yeah. for it. Yes. Except his delivery. He's also not a national treasure because <clears throat> he's a very, very much a, uh, um, uh, Woody, uh, Woody Anderson? No, what the hell? Woody Allen. Woody Allen, uh, sympathizer. Yes, big time. Oh, yeah. He probably right. signed the Polanski thing, too. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he did. <laughs> so it's like, Jeff Goldblum, we love you. Love him on Conan. If, if you ever yeah. see... I mean, Jeff Goldblum's Go on fun. YouTube. He's oh, fun. He's, like, it's fine. he's yeah. fun. He just doesn't know what he's talking about with Woody no. Allen. No, he's an idiot. No. He's fun, but he's an idiot. Uh, oh, so Brian, oh, anything real, to... Oh, sorry, Pat. Oh, and then yeah, the real I mean, kicker. Is this how sterile? So Ned's not even in his actual fucking son. So what the fuck was the point of that? Yeah, that was a weird... Like, is he... Isn't he? Like, that was very they, confusing, I right? just le- I would have rather they just, le- they just left it ambiguous. That right. would have been so much Although, better. Although, I thought it was very brave. Spoiler alert, horn. Hit the spoiler alert, horn. Pat hasn't done that in like three years. To kill Owen Wilson? That's pretty brave, right? Just kill him off? I was like, oh, I feel like he's like third lead in this. Yeah. Anyway, they killed Owen Wilson. Um, can are, uh, are you good, Pat? Are you good with your uh, zero star? I feel like he's gonna zero. He's gonna zero. He's gonna zero. He's gonna zero nug everything. Watch zero. No, I might actually surprise you. I might actually surprise you. So we'll oh, yeah. we'll get to it. We'll fucking get to it. Well, yeah. we're can just we, gonna call him zero we, from stars. Grand Budapest. <laughs> the fact. Oh, no, just the fact. Did you watch oh, that's Grand a good Budapest? movie. No. We'll cool. talk about we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that I later. Would, you weren't All I would say about Life Aquatic. We watched Asteroid City and we didn't. So what the fuck? Oh, was that another thing you guys did without we me? We just wasted wow. our time. No, we didn't. Wow. I'm gonna go see Asteroid City with this asshole. No. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, I would have been angry the whole time. <laughs> Can I just give a shout out to he would he would uh, he would have been giving me his nug reviews loud enough for the first three rows to hear us during <laughs> Asteroid City. <laughs> So this is what I thought. <laughs> so you haven't even got, haven't got even five minutes of the movie. <laughs> Fucking zero. Fuck this movie. Fuck this director. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck these. Actors. No, that movie's good. All right. Can I just say one uh, one thing about uh, Life Aquatic? Yeah. Before sure. we move on. No, I, I have Life Aquatic things, but yes. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, I, I only have. I have very little to add, <laughs> except for the fact that I, you know, I watched this once and I was like, this is not for me. And then I watched it again, like years later, and I was like, "This is pretty good." Um, yeah. It also helps that <laughs> Sue Jorge is the Brazilian music artist that also did the uh, the soundtrack, and he just sings Bowie songs in samba, like and yeah. in like Portuguese. And oh, I've listened to that soundtrack so many times at work that it, that's what made me rewatch the movie. And I was like, this is pretty good. So shout out to him. I am so excited for, uh, let's call her Rebecca, to listen to this episode and be like, oh, we fucking love that fucking Bowie Portuguese album. 
Um, <laughs> Very excited. Oh, oh wait, wait. Shout wait. out! Shout out! Okay, I yeah. just I just looked up production notes. It's, it's the characters were inspired by American novels such as The Great Gatsby and The Magnificent Emersons. I don't know the second one, but I know the first one. and I hate the fucking first one. I hate The Great Gatsby. Life Aquatic was shit ass book. Great Gatsby's good. Great Gatsby's like not about revenge. Size. It's not about revenge. So that's an accurate. No. Great Gatsby's fine. No, it said the characters. The characters <sighs> were inspired. I mean, the, the, the question the is more... To Moby Dick. The plot's been did Zelda Moby. write it or did F. Scott Moby Dick's write better. it? <laughs> Either way, we know, both. We know F. Scott fucking shit all over that book. I went to the bar where F. Scott apparently was uh, inspired by the Great Gatsby in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, nice. That was a fun time. That was oh, a fun oh, time. Oh, good or to just know. say that. I might go there. The Seelbach Hotel. Uh, dope. Yeah, my brother Ryan and I Jordan stayed Martini. at the Seelbach, <laughs> and we stayed at the Brown. Yeah, we, no, we were hanging out in the, the the bar, and there was some like older bro dudes that were like, hey, are we here? This is haunted. And then the one guy's like, oh, can I bring him up to like the haunted ballroom? And then my brother and I were talking to like some teachers. There were some teachers there for a conference, and dope. we're like, damn, we want him to go up to the haunted ballroom, but... Did we don't want to associate. You, uh, we don't want to associate with those it, guys. Did you, as Pat puts it, get it wet? <laughs> <laughs> no, my brother and I went to a different bar. I think our audio just dropped out. Yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> anyway, and now by right. get it wet, you mean we like submerged, like Life Aquatic? Looking for a jaguar shark. Here's what I liked about Life Aquatic. Um, a as Pat. Very awfully alluded to. Kate Blanchett is fantastic. She's fantastic in everything. She's fantastic in this. And at the bare minimum, the fact that her presence alone doesn't award a half a star or a half a nug or a full nug. That's something you need to discuss with your therapist, bro. (laughs) The actors are brought down by Wes Anderson. What do you want from me? But not 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 to below sea level. Like literally she 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 floats. You know what? You know what? Just for that, this movie gets a negative five for me. Five, negative five nugs. It's not a thing, man. It's not I'm a thing. Taking, you can't do, we don't do negatives, Pat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't do negatives. We're not, we're we're not that show. You know, what, you know what we do? You know what we do here? We review films like Pottersville, and we give them praise. We don't bring them down. I hope Wes Anderson. I Oh, my God. Could you imagine if Wes Anderson just like decides to redo Pottersville? Yeah, oh, everyone's like remaking me. Oh fucking bring like it. Like this remaking. is what I'm talking about. No, this is what I'm talking about. If he wants to, it. if he wants to run his fucking visual theme, give me genre. Stop mm. fucking around. With him, he'd have to do like an Easter Easter yes. movie with the pastel Fine. colors and everything. Fine. Oh no, he could go Christmas. He could do it. He, he, he could do Christmas. He could give me some like monotone greens and red. Like where Santa's on. like, ho ho ho. I would like to give you some. It's Edward Norton. Clearly, it's Edward Norton. Oh, well, or Schwartzman, because Schwartzman can grow a beard. We're not putting Schwartzman in any more of these movies. Okay. No. Um, ha I am Jeff Schwartzman. Actually, Schwartz- I am in, in West Anderson. So, not in this movie. So I'm going I'm to step on. not in this one. I'm going to step on. Uh, Libby speak monotonely. I'm going to step on Rotten Tomato oh, reviews for this one. I'm going to, I'm just going to go right to the Rotten Tomato reviews for this one. Oh, uh, boy. F- 57%. This is a low, this is a low tier. Really? Wes Anderson. Okay. It is. There's a lot of lovers of this. Like, so over the last week or two, I've been like polling people at my work. I'm like, hey, do you watch Wes? Do you like Wes Anderson films? And they're, and most of them have been like, 
oh yeah, no, yes or no. Uh, one of them was like, I don't watch horror films, and I was like, I don't know what that means. But, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> but there's been a general consensus that you know, top tier Wes Anderson is Tenenbaums, Bottle Rock, Bottle Rock got brought up a lot Wait, more than I yet. thought. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. We're no, this, discuss is, this. this is this is this is a uh, third party. You know, oh my God, Brian. And stuff. <laughs> oh my God, you fucking around. No, I was very surprised because I asked people who I've asked people who like movies, and I'm like, okay, you mentioned Bottle Rocket, that makes sense. But I asked people who like, I'm like, I think you just watched Wheel of Fortune, and they're like, oh, Bottle Rocket's dope. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Bottle Rocket's got a lot of pull in the fucking just casual I see film it. goer community. We'll talk about that later, but, but um, I see yeah, it. It, it could be. But um, Life Aquatic, I brought up Moonrise, not a whole lot, which is crazy because when I read reviews of Wes online, they're always like, oh, Moonrise top three. But Moonrise has got some problems that we're gonna get to. But um, where was I going with this? Oh, I don't know. Uh, where, I don't know. Where man. Fuck we're going. I don't know. Yeah. But Life Aquatic, like Aquatic, is one of those movies where people are like, when they like, when I ask people, "What's your favorite West?" and they're like, "Oh," they're like trying to remember movies, which is always the problem. But a lot of times, I'm like Ten of Moms, and they're like, "Oh, Ten of Moms, so good." And they're like, and they mentioned Bottle Rocket, which I said happened. But then sometimes they're also like, "Oh shit, I forgot about Life Aquatic." Was easy. I love that one too. So it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's all over the place with him. But it's clearly, it's, his, it's clearly yeah. a very five or six out of the. 11 or 12 that he has that people are like it, it does something for them i didn't give my star my nuggets oh yeah what you got so first viewing i gave it a one and a half i will say that wow um yeah. but upon second reviewing i or second viewing i gave it a, a three and a half out of five whoa nuggets. okay yeah. i liked it i liked it i bumped i bumped up to two and a half i i'm two and a half on it now okay you're right. First time I watched it, I was probably like one because I don't I even think that. I finished it. I went to two and a half. It's my lowest of the three that we watched. Oh, really? Yes. Lowest of the three? Yes. Um, I okay. Well, and I have, I have, I have reasons. So I thought, um, I thought that he hasn't mastered his dialogue quite yet. Like I feel like, which is weird because is this after Tenenbaums? But I feel like he just didn't. Yeah. I feel like he just didn't. You know, Tenenbaums was like a kind of a weird diamond in the rough kind of thing. And a lot of people like Rushmore, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like the dialogue in this was like a little awkward. Like the back and forth wasn't as timed as well mm-hmm. as it has been in other films. Um, I did love I did love a lot of the intern jokes. Like uh, interns, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I gave that more stars than I gave the actual movie. Uh, but uh, I also thought this was a good Owen Wilson. Like we're gonna get to Bottle Rocket Owen, and we're definitely gonna get to—he's not in Moonrise, but we're gonna get into like post Owen. This was a good Owen Wilson. I, I actually liked this Owen Wilson. Okay. I felt like he was like, it—it it, it wasn't the type, the archetype that he usually plays, like the I'm a fucking doofus or whatever. Like yeah. this was there was more. No, he does right. Like, there was there was something different about his performance in this that I thought was really good actually. Um, yeah. Respected. But, uh, and then um, I also thought it was fun that um, oh shit I got it right here um, <clears throat> that uh, Henry Selick, who's done all the like stop motion animation for Tim Burton, did the underwater like stuff for this. Oh like, wow! Oh, and he did he did Fantastic Mr. Fox too. I did read that. He, oh, so, that makes sense. So him and stop Wes yeah. like met and they were talking, and he and Wes was talking about adapting Roald Dahl's Fantastic Mr. Fox, which uh-huh. of course you know we love. 
but um so we didn't like really pick it for this but i think it's on max but um talking about doing that and he was like oh my god i love that idea so and i guess wes was like well i want you to actually i want to figure out a way to bring you in on my next film and he was like i have to do this underwater sequences you should come and just do these fishes and do the jaguar shark and all that stuff for him so yeah like he he did all that stuff like stop motion animation for because i will i will say one thing if you don't like wes anderson but he is not he he is a very practical effects director Thanks for calling me out. Mm-hmm. I'm just it. saying. I'm just saying. If you're like, oh, fucking digital effects bullshit, Russo brothers or something, like Wes Anderson, he his last resort is CGI. It seems like. Now I will give him credit for that. Sorry. Oh yeah, that's fine. You can give him credit for it. it doesn't make him a great director at all. But I, I can I can get behind your, your I can yeah. get behind your reasoning. I can get behind it. We can easily say Wes Anderson is one of the most divisive. Directors out there, almost yeah. every movie too. Which is, there's something to be said for that. I'm sorry. Okay. There's there's certain types of people that are strict Wes Anderson fans, Wes Anderson defenders, and they're all like art kids that like went to France yeah, off their like school. the trust fund that their dad their their parents gave them or something. I don't know, but yeah, all the art kids. He still makes some school. good good movies. That's exactly what um. So sorry. Is that is that it for? Did I do Life Aquatic? uh, Did I do my three word? What was? uh, Hold on. Did I do? I don't remember you doing a three word. Okay. No, you didn't. Oh, I didn't do one either. My three word. My three word for uh, Life Aquatic was miss the mark. Like I feel like he he's getting there, and which is crazy that this is after Ten of Bombs, but it kind of missed the mark of what he was trying to tell with like a story of grief and stuff like that. And there were moments. I mean. You know the end when they all like touch touch Bill Murray and stuff like that, and he kind of tears up and stuff. And I guess that was kind of improvised, like Bill Murray tearing up on set. But like you know, there's that where I was like, oh, I get it. You know, the it, you know, it's it's grief. I fucking get it. Just mm-hmm. put my grief in horror movies. I don't want my grief in comedies. But um, um, so yeah, Miss Lamar. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Nah, but I gave it and I gave it two and a half. So yeah. Well, my three word review was Murray Goldblum Bowie. That was it. That Dope. sucks. Dope. <laughs> what? How does it suck? It's oh fucking God, three words, asshole. What were you? What was your three? You gave it a zero. It's three names. Of... It's three names. It's not three words. That's, it's three. Those names. are three words. Are names not words? Not really. <laughs> How are names not words? Because they're just noises and utterances that you call people. Aren't words just noises that you make? Possibly. Yeah. What was your three-word review? I don't I like said, Wes or or something no, like fuck and probably movie. fucking four I said, words. Fuck this movie. I said fuck this movie. That is no, you got in three words. All right, good job. All right, so let's move on to Moonrise Kingdom, Brian. Oh, I need to make one more comment about Life Aquatic. Well, well you movie. lost it. So no, hold Brian, on, go. Hold on. Moonrise hold Kingdom. On. For, Moonrise for Kingdom. Life Aquatic. I drank Moonrise Platinum's Gold. It's fine. I drank Platinum's Gold for this fucking movie. Probably out of a fucking weird swirly flask, too, just to... <laughs> Who drinks out of a flask when they're at home? That's so weird. It's left over from the fucking wedding. What do you want from me? Pour it into you... a glass like a fucking no. respectful human. <laughs> Who said I... Did anyone say I was going to be respectful I literally have... for this episode? I have, I have Did I fucking... I was going to be respectful I have cans... for this episode? <laughs> I have cans of margarita. That's very low class. And I'm pouring it into a margarita glass. And that's high class. 
you got whiskey, which is probably more high class, but you poured it into like a fucking Florida Georgia line like flask. <laughs> Actually, it's a Jameson flask. So fuck you, <laughs> Jameson flask. Hey, if we're gonna get whiskey, might as well get real whiskey. <laughs> Jameson, I do not like Irish whiskey. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's, that's sorry to the Irish that. listeners. Matt, Matt, it's okay. I I can respect your opinion there. I can respect it. No, I, I think it's just too, too and, many and shots I lo- of Jameson. And I love you. And I love you. I see you. I love you. <laughs> I see you. I love you. And I respect your opinion about Irish whiskeys. Right, but I fine. will never respect I, your opinion about Wes Anderson. <laughs> I came around. I'm in the middle. All right. I'm the mediator. All right. So let's. You got your thing. You drink out of your weird flask, which is strange to have at your home. But um, <laughs> Brian, Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> Are we doing mine next? I don't know if Brian's prepared. Yeah, I don't think... I, don't I think he's still watching Moonrise Kingdom right now, actually. I think so. Is he... Brian? Forgot I muted myself. Sorry, I was trying to find a specific song. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I was totally involved in everything you guys were saying. Okay. No, so <laughs> here's the <laughs> I was totally involved. Here's the plot of uh, Moonrise Kingdom. I'm just gonna read this. The year is 1965, and the residents of New Penzance, you know, was an island off the coast of New England, inhabited inhabit a community that seems untouched by some of the bad things going on in the rest of the world. Twelve-year-olds Sam, played by Jaron Gillum, and Susie, played by Cara Hayward, have fallen in love and decided to run away. But a violent storm is approaching the island, forcing a group of quirky adults, Bruce Willis, Edward Norton, Bill Murray, to mobilize the search party and find the use before the calamity strikes. So this movie is about, um, you know, not prepubescent, but pubescent love, I guess, essentially, like right on the curve of, um, man, I don't know what to call it, like sexual, sexual awakening, <laughs> you know, oh. um, it's, it's that kind of, a, it's, it's sick. It's, it, we're going to, we're going to get into it, but it, it, it's, so it basically stars Sam and Susie, um, you know, Sam is a khaki scout, um, you know, uh, camping out for a period of time or whatever with his fellow uh, khaki scouts on a, you know, New England peninsula or no, New England Island actually. Right. And uh, he goes to a community theater uh, presentation where he meets Susie who, you know, love at first sight, that kind of thing for a couple of quote unquote 12 year olds. Um, so, you know, they develop a pen pal relationship and eventually decide to run away together. They're going to run away together, right? And so immediately alerted is the camp counselor, Edward Norton, played quite brilliantly by Edward Norton. I, I And I, I get the trials and tribulations that come with Edward Norton, but he's very good in this movie. Um, who then alerts the local police, um, played by Bruce Willis. And they are now tasked with, uh, you know, finding the boy, eventually realizing the girl is the daughter of an island resident, um, you know, mother played by Francis McDormand and father played by Bill Murray, um, you know, local girl 
who has run away with him and they you know the 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 plot of the movie is they set out to find them together while these two 12 12 year olds um you know run away together and get into 12 year old hijinks um so in typical wes anderson fashion obviously the children of this movie are aged beyond their years which let me interject with a personal story right here, but raising an eight-year-old that feels like she's 13, this is not out <laughs> of the realm of possibility. So, and I can't and, and I can't even imagine other families that literally don't raise their kids, how quickly those kids grow up these days. But um, this takes place in the 50s or 60s anyway. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, so, where to start on Moonrise Kingdom? Um... I guess I guess I'll just start with my three word review, which is uh, just this is like kind of the beginning or maybe the second stage of just like Wes's ensemble perfection, mm-hmm. like just him putting together a bunch of good people in the right roles, just stars in every role. It kind of reminded me of Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, where no role was insignificant. Every role was played by a professional actor. Like people, people that you know, you know the Tilda Swintons of the world who don't show up until the hour fifty mark of like a movie. Woody Allen sympathizer. Woody Allen sympathizer. Good. Let's get that on record. Agreed. Just, no, I agree. I fucking one hundred percent agree. Put that shit on record. Kind of weird um, person. Looks like Conan. Very weird. <laughs> Looks like Conan. Yes, she does. But uh. I'm sorry. That's great. Um, feels slightly racist against Irish people, but I'll take it. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Irish American doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't Tilda Swinton British or some shit? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, probably, which makes it even worse. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I tried, I attempted to watch this movie probably a long time ago. I remember distinctively watching the beginning half of it or quarter of it or something like that. And I didn't give a shit about it then. I felt a little bit better about it now, but I almost wonder too, because this was the most recent Wes I watched. Like in preparation for this episode, I rewatched Grand Budapest. I rewatched, you know, Bottle Rocket and Life Aquatic. I rewatched, um, what was the, oh, uh, uh, Rushmore. Like I kind of rewatched a bunch of Wes, just kind of leading. And then this was at the end of it. Coincidentally, this Moonrise Kingdom is tied for number one for his uh, most highly rated Rotten Tomatoes movies. Really? Right. And I said this. Remember, I was like, oh, weird. When I see lists of top West, Moonrise right. Kingdom pops up in the top two a lot. It's not in my top two. It's not in my top two either. But I did enjoy it this time around more. Um Okay. A couple of notes. I guess a couple of notes before you guys can kind of give your takes. But um, so yeah, this got a ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I went uh, three stars, just a solid three, like which is kind of you know middle of the road for us and stuff. But um, a couple of notes I just had was watching this movie. I realized that Ron Norton was made for Wes Anderson movies. Like he is just he's 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 the kind of guy where I was saying like. I feel like he comes on set and Wes is like, oh, I, I just need to make sure that you convey this thing and this thing. And then Norton goes, got it. I'm going to fucking sculpt everything else. And what? And Wes is just like, yeah, that's fine. Because you're Edward Norton. You know what I mean? Like he just right. gets quality right. actors to just go ahead and make their decisions. Um, 
I, I also liked Bruce Willis a lot in this movie for the very specific reason that I feel like at this point, and this is the fucking trope that is probably also just drilling Pat's fucking appreciation into the ground, <laughs> is that everyone now that is currently in a Wes Anderson movie, and I haven't even seen Asteroid City, but I, I guarantee Tom Hanks is doing this shit, is they've, they've seen a Wes Anderson movie. So I feel like everyone's acting as in like, I'm going to act like I'm in a Wes Anderson movie, which is kind of fucking weird. There's exceptions to this rule. Ray Fiennes in Grand Budapest is doing his own fucking thing, which is incredible. But Bruce Willis in this movie, I feel like he's just like, well, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to act like the role. I'm just going to do the Bruce Willis act of this role. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't, he's not trying to act in a Wes Anderson movie. Um, yeah, and I guess, uh, I don't know, but, uh, some of my favorite, li- uh, one of my favorite lines from this movie <laughs> when I watched it was, I love when, uh, the two of them run away together and because the boy is like an orphan who's like, you know, staying with like foster parents or an orphanage or something like that. But the girl's like, oh, I, I wish I was an orphan. She's like a big reader. She reads a lot of books, which is great. But she's like, oh, I wish I was an orphan because, uh, most of my favorite characters are orphan. <laughs> and his response is look i love you but you have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) which is great i I, there's a lot of dialogue between the kids um right exactly um which i thought was great um i mean i don't i don't know i mean before we get into the the big controversy of this movie i will say the director of photography for this movie talked about um uh, working with Wes and he's worked with Wes on a lot of films and he said Wes's biggest obsession is framing so what he does is he he really focuses on the framing of a shot of one shot with characters doing this or doing that or doing you know what I mean and then everything else just comes after that because even like letting um, you know what, what's his face do the animation for the movie like he said that basically Wes and like who co-wrote Life Aquatic Noah Baumbach uh that uh possibly i think i think no comp no but but he said they basically like wrote the names of underwater creatures and they let you know the animator of nightmare before christmas and james and the giant peach like do his thing it was no bombback yeah and wes anderson they were like they just let him do his thing like they were like here's the name of this creature you come up with it you animate it we'll shoot it blah 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 so it definitely seems like a very collaborative collaborative like creative set it has to be if edward norton's on it (laughs) but uh i don't know um so the controversy of this movie should we talk about that besides now yeah go ahead um there are certain fractions of the american uh evangelistic or religious circuit or whatever you want to call it that consider this movie child pornography and my okay. hot take is they're not wrong. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys got to this or if you watched it, Matt said you didn't get to it. I don't know. Did you guys watch? Did you guys get through this whole movie? Who Rice Kingdom? I did not. I did. So there's a scene. So the two main characters are a girl and a boy who are of the age of 12 slash 13. It's kind of unclear in the movie. But there's a scene where they get to where... You know, they've run away together. So, of course, in typical fucking reality, 
fashion, let's face it. And I'm not taking a stance on this, but, you know, they kiss, right? They're like, we we have this, you know, and the movie plays out that they're in love with each other and they get married and all this stuff. It, like, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, which is great, which is charming, which I love about this movie. But there's a scene where they decide to kiss and then they discuss French kissing. And then she basically makes a reference to the fact that he's hard. And then they kiss again. And then she says, well, you can touch my breast. So he pulls his hand up and basically squeezes her breasts on camera. They're basically in their underwear. I was like, well, watching it now, having never seen it before and not remembering the scene, I was like, this doesn't, this feels weird, right? Like, mm-hmm. and of course I'm looking at it, you know, this movie's 12 years old or whatever the fuck it is. And I'm like, this feels weird. <laughs> like, a little weird, right? And I was like, well, maybe it's one of those things where like, they were both 18 and this was, they just look young, which is why he casted them. So it took some digging <laughs> and I found out they're both 13. So the the big fucking divisiveness of this movie and the kickback and a lot of stuff. And I found a lot of like 2012, 2011 articles. It was produced by Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> and Donald Br- Trump. And Prince Br- <laughs> Br- Andrew loved it. But it's, yeah. I mean, I just, if if anyone out there watched it, Germany, if you watched it, like, <laughs> I just, like... I'm sorry. Like I, I they don't make this anymore. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. I was fucking shocked. And there was controversy when it came out. I found a lot of old articles, but just rewatching it like in that moment even I was like, "Oh, this is these kids look like they're fucking 13 years old." I mean, it, you know, the the which is funny because a lot of the headlines of the arguments that I saw were like this is child pornography and I'm like, "You're not wrong." You're not wrong. <laughs> huh. It's uh it's 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 a rough scene. But um mm-hmm. which is crazy because outside of that, the whole movie is so fucking charming. Like and the kids are fucking brilliant actors and not to take any way anything away from them, but yeah. Um I don't know. I guess I'm good. I really like the end where Bruce Willis like, you know, basically adopts the orphan boy. You know, there's there, there's a nice little moment at the end where. So basically, the end of the movie, and I'm spoiling it for those of you who did not watch it. <laughs> but they, um, the two kids, there's like a storm coming in. It's like ripping the whole fucking island to pieces, flooding it, blah blah. blah. And the two kids are like, "Well, we're gonna climb to the top of this bell tower, or whatever the fuck it is, and jump off and kill ourselves." But um, you know, Rome, it's a, it's a very Romeo and Juliet kind of, but um. You know, in the moment, the boy who's like, he lives in an orphanage, he has foster parents, he has the opportunity to go back to his foster parents, and they're like, fuck this kid, we don't want him back, and that's where Bruce Willis is like, what the fuck, fuck you, but anyway, um, so Bruce Willis, like, decides to adopt him himself, and he's like, he's like, you know, what do you think, what does he say, he says, like, uh, he's like, what do you think, pal, <laughs> or something like that, tears, but uh, anyway, I, this was good, I, this was really, I'm glad I watched this movie to its entirety, because... Aside from the child pornography, it's fucking great. <laughs> All right, well, Pat, your review, which we already know, is going to be <laughs> negative. Bruce is best. It's my three-word review. Bruce does bestest. No, Bruce, it, Bruce is best. Good. Because I agree with your point. He was just Bruce. He wasn't 
Wes Anderson character. He wasn't acting in a West movie. Yes, he, didn't he, tell was, like this he was just time? doing his thing. He yep. was just doing his thing. So yep. I respect it. UPKA motherfucker. That's what works. I'm. I'm that definitely. Uh, definitely, some lines were crossed in this movie that wasn't expecting, <laughs> specifically to the child pornography. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> and uh, I give this movie a one out of five nuggets. Specifically for Bruce. All right. So <coughs> Bruce gets one Bruce. nugget, but Kate Blanchett doesn't. Okay, cool. Mine was a uh, fucking show. Because Wes Anderson brings down every actor in his movie, except maybe Edward Norton, because Edward Norton's the same level of psycho he is. Pretentious well, fuck. Nor- Nor- <laughs> Norton doesn't need the money. Pastel colored fuck. <laughs> Norton doesn't need the money. No, he doesn't need shit. Yeah. Oh, did you I'm see that? There was like a. Who told me that? Did you say that? Huh. Who talked about? Didn't? Did you say that before we were recording that? Like Norton, like oh yeah, took yeah. A pay cut? Ed Norton. Um, there's an interview I saw where he got paid for. He got paid eight million to play the Incredible Hulk in a movie that is okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he took a pay cut to be in. Uh, it might have been Moonrise. He was in. He was a scout leader or something. Yes, a lot. Yeah, yeah. he got he's, paid forty two hundred dollars. Went from eight million to forty two hundred dollars because he loved. He just loves working with Wes Anderson. He just wants to be eccentric. He just yeah. just just let Edward Norton be eccentric a, in your movie. That's apparently all. Apparently, he's a fan of child pornography, which explains <laughs> why he's been in Hollywood so long. Oh shit! Oh, open up a can of worms there. Yeah, he's not Kevin Spacey. Calm down. The conspiracy theories. He's Kevin Spacey with good PR. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Ed Norton. Wild accusations. Wild. <laughs> uh, no, I just want to say that no, he's, the uh, the, he's the, the just from a wealthy family <laughs> that tries to so play the even, middle so class. So it's even worse. <laughs> so it's even worse. Oh God! So he's probably, like a white. There's probably, he's like, some, there's probably some crazy skeletons in that closet. Walking closet. All right, Pat. You already said it. Um, so it's my <laughs> turn said, now. I said everything I need to say. I don't need. Oh to yeah, I'm more. sorry. I didn't do my uh, my three word was did not finish. And that's what I she said. It, I give it a one. <laughs> I give it a one. <laughs> I gave it a one and a half, which is a half a star more than Pat, who finished the whole film. <laughs> one and a half, rough. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, why um, didn't you finish it? I think I think you'll like it. Well, here's the thing. So when I first watched it, it was years ago. And um, I tried to recently watch it, but I couldn't find it on streaming, which is weird because their name is "We're Going Streaming." <laughs> but I couldn't find two of these, two of the three films. Did you on check your streaming. local library? No, because it's not. We're not going librarying. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, all I'm saying is one person out of the three followed the rules. That's all I'm saying. So let's and go to that guy. Surprisingly, and surprisingly, so it was me, motherfuckers. It was not you. No, it wasn't you. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yours was not on streaming. You... Yeah, it is. They were both on streaming. They were both on no. streaming. Maybe at one yeah. time, but no. You yeah, you, if you rented it. it you I watched it, it recently. You paid for it. That's fine if I paid for it. It still counts. It's still on streaming. I mean, it doesn't count. Point, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. I didn't pay for mine. I didn't pay for Life Aquatic or fucking... Uh, 
Yeah, because you got it from the fucking library. You goddamn right, I did. <laughs> All I'm saying, guys, is Bottle Rocket was on. I think it was on Hulu, and it was on, on fucking HBO Max or Max I'm gonna, or whatever. I'm change it's our now. logo overnight to we're going streaming slash local library. Which is, I mean, that's that's fine because we local libraries support, support your local libraries. Support. support your library. Don't let them take away the books. We sound like WTTW right now. If you let them take away books, you're giving into fascists. Yeah. Yeah. Read, read, I saw a buffer sticker the other day that said read burned books. And I was like, fuck yeah. Or banned books. Oh, yeah. Read those banned are books. Right. Yes. Read banned books. Yeah. I see that. Oh, burned well, books it's, would be better, it's, it's, actually. It's really hard to read a burned book. I've tried. No, you should, though. I, I feel like I've tried. You get a, no, you get I'm like cut, every I'm other word. this whole fucking thing out because I'm making I these mean, bumper stickers. I, yeah. That's I how I came up with few... the plot of Moonrise Kingdom. I mean, to be fair. You read a burned book? I mean, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, they read a book that was burned. Like the gist. We get the no, gist but to be of fair, it. To be fair, Donald, uh, somebody oh, read Donald goes. Trump's uh, burnt here book. We, and, uh, I fucking ding, ding, ding. Oh, hey, he's reading Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> some, uh, some, CIA agents, some CIA agents died <laughs> because of Donald Trump's burnt book. Boom. That's actually a true story, folks. Look it up. All right. So glad you told it here tonight. So basically, here's the plot. To eight people who live in Illinois and two people who live in Germany. <laughs> and, then our, and then Chad in New Zealand, Brother Rice. Yeah, don't forget we about don't Chad. We don't have New Zealand dude. ratings, bro. We can't bro. forget about Chad. There's no New Zealand. We don't have New Zealand anymore. Nah. We lost oh, New Zealand. Chad, the Chad yeah, movie must have been Journey. Yeah, you All fucking right. insulted so, him. So maybe, yeah, Pat, you did so kind of bring him down. So maybe the next time we see Chad, he'll be uh, he'll be like, oh, sprechen Sie Deutsch. Oh, here we go. Now he's insulting our Germany you, okay. fan base. So fucking great. Fucking great. Thank you. All right, so let's go to Bottle Rocket. Before Pet insults anybody else, <laughs> it's too late for that. So, Bottle Rocket's a 1996 American crime slash heist comedy film. Direct. It was uh, Wes Anderson's first feature film. Yes. Uh, it's written by Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson, and um, yeah, it stars the brothers Owen, Luke, and what's his name, Andrew. Yes. Yeah, Andrew yes. Wilson. And James Conn. James Conn comes in later. Uh, but basically, uh, so Owen Wilson is Luke Wilson's friend, and he tries to get him to join on this heist uh, of a bookstore. He's got a 75-year plan that he shows to Anthony, who's played by uh, Luke Wilson. Um, they have a getaway driver named Bob oh, Mapplethorpe. Bob. Mapplethorpe. Map- Apple? Maplethorpe. Maplethorpe. Yeah, Maplethorpe. Future Man's brother? Yes. He, uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty good in his role. I, I haven't seen him in much. It's Robert Musgrave. Uh, maybe he quit acting. Or, I don't know. But, um... So basically, he's the getaway driver. But I just want to—I just want to take a beat off that. I mean, nobody that. cut you off on your Moonrise Kingdom, but <laughs> go ahead. I feel like I feel like Bob in this is basically the Rocco of like Boondock Saints. Like it's like yes. one role, one movie, just fucking less killed aggressive. it. Yes, way yeah. less aggressive. Okay, I'm yes. sorry. I I fucked this up. Okay, go ahead. No, no. no. Fine, go ahead. Do you want to just do the whole plot? <laughs> I have some bottle rocket notes, but no, go ahead. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, Owen Wilson's character's name is Dignan. Dignan. Which is, but it, it's also, it was something else before. Didn't He mentioned it, right, before? Like some girl was talking to him. I don't know, maybe not. 
Well, either way, they, uh, they, they um, plan a heist of a bookstore, and then they go on the lam, even though they, the only thing they had was a bandage on their nose to, like, to hide themselves. And the thing is, Bob said, why do you have a bandage on your nose? He goes, exactly. <laughs> and that's sure, that that happens, that comes up when they're robbing the bookstore of the money. It's like $500 cash or something. Um, but yeah, they go on the lam, they uh, they stop at a motel, which actually, from here on out, holds uh, a party, like every year, apparently, for Bottle Rocket. Um, Are you serious? Yeah. I'm uh, going. Hold on, let me see. Oh, I'm fucking going. Yeah, every summer since 2011, there has been a party at the motel where the film was made in Hillsborough, Texas. Initially, it was concocted by the group Reservoir Geeks to help save the motel from closure after the economic downturn. The event helped stimulate interest and support for the motel, and every year since, it has been called the Lovely Soiree at the Bottle Rocket Motel. Hmm. So there you go. That's true. Um, That's true. But there, uh, Luke Wilson's character, Anthony, meets uh, Inez, a Inez. Uh, Spanish... Inez, sorry. A Spanish-speaking housekeeper and they strike up a romance and then he ha- he asked her to to come with him through um the translator who was played by another housekeeper so good. named rocky and um so oh good. god it's it's pretty funny because uh he translates all that and it's like it's it's high tension you're like oh my gosh she's gonna come it with has- and then later on <laughs> later on as uh owen wilson's characters leaving the motel because they're you know they're heading back home um, Rocky comes down the stairs and goes, <laughs> "Oh yeah. yeah, tell Anthony I love him." <laughs> and he goes, "What? That's kind of weird." He goes, he goes, "Tell Anthony I love him." He goes, oh, "Okay." It's and then later on, he says, "Yeah, he says this to oh yeah, he says this to Owen Wilson's character who's Dickman." And uh, and it's just like lost translation. He forgets about it. Uh, so they meet up with um, what was the name, Mister? Oh shit. Hold on, Mr. Henry? Yeah, yeah. J- played by James Conn, which I don't know how they got James Conn for his first feature film. Dude, that's... Wow. Yes. yes. Uh, so he... Uh, they they plan to have a, a storage facility, and they have this whole thing concocted up, and they have this... The whole group, Kumar, who's like a 70-year-old guy, <laughs> and he's like the lock specialist, and uh, they get in there, and then Bob, of course, panics, because Bob's very... I don't know, paranoid to a degree. Um, things happen. Things go awry. Um, and then Kumar just... is. That's <laughs> where Owen Wilson's character goes... Uh, Dignan goes back into the uh, the office where he's supposed to be robbing... Kumar's supposed to be opening the safe. And Kumar's just sitting on the couch. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> I lost my touch. And then Owen Wilson's character, Dignan, is like... What touch did you ever have? <laughs> I don't know. That made me laugh. Whatever. Um, so basically what happens, Dignan, they leave uh, another guy whose name was Applejack. He ended up having a, I don't know if it was, he was shot or cardiac arrest, but they left him in one of the freight elevators. So Dignan, Owen Wilson's character, goes back in for him. And then as a result, brings him to the uh, the Volkswagen van. Then Applejack is passed out, so he doesn't unlock the driver's seat door. And then Dignan has to go on the run with the cops. Cops bust him. He's in prison. Um, 
we find out that James Conn's character was actually not someone to be trusted, and he robbed Bob's house, basically Bob Applethorpe's <laughs> house, yes. as they were doing this whole heist. Um, so yeah, everyone loses, uh, but it was it was fun. It was funny. Um, you got a little bit of like an intro to Wes Anderson. They had the close up on uh, when Inez or Inez, Inez, Inez. Uh, okay, and uh, <laughs> you're from Blue Island. I'm not. And um, uh, Luke Wilson's character's hands are on the cart. There was like the close up of that. Then there was a close up of the um, the seventy five year plan, like the overhead. Like we were while we were talking about that, we were joking about it before we started recording the overhead of the the uh, notes and everything and. <laughs> You could see the little where it's like, okay, we can see where this is progressing, um, but it wasn't too much. So it was like a regular film. So I feel like this is a really good introduction to Wes Anderson, um, and as a result, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Nice. Okay. And my um, same. It did kind of remind remind me. I don't know if you guys saw. It's also a uh, a Wilson Brothers thing. Which I think they would be good directors, maybe. But um, uh, Wendell Baker story, where he had, uh, it's a good film. He had um, oh god, Henry Dean Stanton was in it, and like he had Chris Christopherson and a bunch of other like just country artists. That's what I'm saying. That shit's so crazy to me. Like, how the fuck did these people get James Con? How the fuck did that's I don't Shyamalan get Bruce Willis for Six Sense? Like, all, how did they get uh, these right. people? Like, so all I say is uh. Well, see Wendell Baker story. Yeah, it's it's kind of along the same lines of this. If you can find it, it's really good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but this, yeah, three and a half out of five. And I'm gonna say uh, Anderson Wilson's greatness is Wait, my three word three review. And, three and a half out of five, or three yes. out of five? Three no, and a half. sorry, three and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, I almost gave it a four. Oh. All right. Um, should we start with? Let's start with Pat because Pat's gonna bring it down. Uh, no, nah. not quite. I'm going to start with a free review. Wes's best film. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Wes's best film. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that for people that aren't fans of his, like, because this is the most, like, regular film of his. I'm telling you, though, people that I polled, this popped up for people who are fans of Wes, though, too. They're like Bottle Rocket. Like, it it was weird that Bottle Rocket, maybe it's the HBO Max relevance. Like you said, they were, like, basically pushing this shit. But, like, I'm telling you, people that I asked are like, like, I'm like, what's your favorite West? And, like, well, Bottle Rocket. I'm like, what the fuck? How the fuck do you know what Bottle Rocket is? (laughs) I mean, 10 years ago, no one knew what Bottle Rocket was. But maybe it's more in the consciousness now. I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I gave it two out of five stars. I mean, again, it's a West Hampton film. That's high for you, I guess. It is it, for Scale. Wes Anderson's very Scale high. Is everything. It's probably it's probably gonna be the highest uh, rated Wes Anderson film you'll all probably ever get for me. Have you, you know, seen Grand Budapest? But again, really, you're gonna ask me that? Did we talk about this or no? I mean, we talked about it, but I don't no, remember we, what you said. N- n- I said no. <laughs> oh, I didn't have well, to watch, we watch it. Oh, if I didn't all three of us watch that and do a live a live oh, stream. Oh. And just do a mystery science theater where it's just the back of our heads. Oh my god, please. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, fucking 100% as, in. As I sit there and fucking scream at the movie. Um, anyway, uh, that being said, um, overall, this movie, I liked it a lot more than Wes Anderson. 
it still had his tropes, which whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But it just didn't feel as pronounced. It didn't feel like I didn't feel like I was drowning in pretentiousness. And I kind again, I don't know how much that was Owen Wilson's influence, and I don't know how much that was just his first time making a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know where where to really kind of truly graded as a true Wes Anderson film, or is it just he was tempered by Owen Wilson? Okay. So, so that's part of the reason why I kind of just stuck with the two out of five, because it's like, this isn't pretentious. This doesn't make me like, it's still a goofy-ass film, and it still kind of drives me up the wall with some of the tropes, but mm-hmm. it doesn't, I don't hate it. I don't like, I don't like abhor it. It doesn't make me want to scream at the screen and go like this movie is a piece of fucking shit so after this or so with this or after this and i th- i think i think owen kind of helped write royal tenenbaums but they just like stopped writing together like all together like mm-hmm. uh, you know when i uh, when he started writing with like you know the Noam bombex and the roman coppolas of the world like he stopped writing with owen until the Friends Dispatch, which is kind of funny because I don't like Owen's segment of the Friends <laughs> French Dispatch, but um, it is interesting that you know why did he stop writing with Owen Wilson? It's interesting. I wonder. Question, anyway. I, wonder I wonder if it's a clash of egos to an extent. Yeah, it could be. They're both pretty big, pretty big names. Or just time. I mean, just schedules. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, it could be. Yeah, yeah. they could. Could be a factor, well, but uh, so Brian, what's your three word and your nuggets oh, for Bottle Rocket? So for Bottle for- Rocket, um, oh, and I, I have something. So, I mean, I, I mean, I get Bottle Rocket three point five, right? Three and a half. Okay, I, I went three point five here. Three point five nugs. Um, and my three word review is, and and this is time relevant because remember, I'm a little older than you guys, but um, like when this movie came out, it was it was kind of an indie boom, essentially. And, so people uh, know Brian seventy five. The rest of us are correct. Correct. In our I, I, I'm, I'm correct. Um, <laughs> but uh, three word review for this for me was just pure indie inspiration because this kind of mm-hmm. came out around the time of you know when like indie filmmakers like this was like Wes's first movie and he had fucking James Caan but it was like a low budget right. and it made a ton of money and then like you know Christopher Nolan made Memento and you were like holy shit how did he get fucking trinity for the matrix and it was just like just this crazy like boom of indie filmmakers mm-hmm. and um yeah i don't know this is just one of those movies that i saw at that time with me and my friends um you know john furby and lucas shareholtz and we were just like could we just like make stuff and we just started making stuff and you know so just 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 pure inspiration for indie films at this time yeah. um that's huge. That's you. You find the next next filmmakers. You know. Well, that's what that I'm can, saying. Like, right? And these Khan. guys were inspired by you know the Scorseses and uh, you know uh, Spielberg's yeah. of the world and stuff like that. So it's like I don't know. It, 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 it's cool. Wes Anderson falls into that category where you whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. he falls into that category. It's inspirational of, for sure. I mean, if you look at a lot of budgets versus gross for Wes Anderson. His movies aren't, you know, they're not breaking records, but he's getting his money back. Like, he's, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? He's not, even with Life Aquatic, like, literally the reason he hired, you know, the animator from Nightmare Before Christmas and stuff, because he was like, I don't want to fucking do CGI. I want you to come in here, and I want you to fucking do some stop motion animation on fish and squids and, uh, you know, all this shit. And, I mean, you know, I don't know. There's something to be said for that, whether you like him or not. 
but yeah, I feel like I'm saying but, that. Uh, <laughs> oh, you gave three and a half, right? Okay, right, three and a half, and um, you know, so this is where. Okay, so if you guys remember, this is where I asked you guys if you know. So we're we're all interested in film, and we're all interested in film. Wait, ideas. before we do that, can I just give some facts about like uh about Ooh. about a rocket? Yes, please. Just like a few. Um, so after the movie bombed at the box office, Owen Wilson seriously considered joining the Marines. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, and then also Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson completely rewrote and reshot the beginning of the film when Sundance initially refused them. And then the only other thing was that hotel party, which I think we should go to. Um, oh, yeah. Dope. That would be fucking awesome. Like if we if we had like a following, like a big a following in that room. In the, uh, yes, oh my god, amazing! And then we also like rob a cold storage facility, but get busted. Like that would be full go, right? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Brian. Um, no, <laughs> go I, ahead with your original thought. No, I, I fucking agree with all that. Like I, I also oh so my so my uh, my uh, my, I mean so we're you know all right we're at the end of <laughs> our West Anderson discussion, but uh. So I was thinking, watching this movie and remembering how much this movie inspired me to kind of want to make movies, and we're all the three of us are all very into, you know, making making movies, you know, mm-hmm. art and ideas and stuff like that. So I asked you guys, what movies made you want to make movies? Like, made you want to like put a fucking story out there, either write it or put it on camera or anything like. Like, what's a movie? Because for me, Bottle Rocket is definitely one of those movies. Like, watching Bottle Rocket, I was like, I could do this. I I have a friend who looks like Luke Wilson, but just, he doesn't doesn't part his hair down the middle. He parts it down the side, which would be fucking much better. He'd look like a fucking rock star, Mm -hmm. but that's different. But, um, you know, or just stuff like that. I don't have, I don't have access to James Caan, but maybe I've. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe there's a budget scenario, and you know, for me, it's it's this, it's uh, Evil Dead, because reading Bruce Campbell's book about how they made Evil Dead was very like guerrilla financing. Like they literally went to investors initially, studios, and got money for here and there. But when they needed more money, they were just like knocking on doors. They were just mm-hmm. like going to people and being like, "Hey, for a thousand bucks, we'll make you an executive producer." But we need a thousand bucks to buy this lens or something you know what i mean so they were doing that so it's that it's um you know memento which is you know christopher nolan's like first film it's like wow this is this is just good editing this is a great movie minimal film locations with great editing i could do this and then you know before that honestly the original for me is scream like when i saw scream for the first time me and my cousin sean who i'm a shout out we got a fucking handheld camcorder and we just started making fucking scream short films. Like I would throw the costume on and he would fucking run the camera and I would just chase fucking girls. We were friend with friends with in high school around like apartment buildings. <laughs> like I just, you know, so I'm just curious, like, do you guys have like, no, all. not at all. <laughs> do you guys have like, do you guys have like a film that you watch and you were like, Oh, I, ca- I could make a movie. I could make this movie or something. Well, I will jump ahead of Pat here. That's fine. 
And I'm going to say the first movie that I saw, because I'm, I'm more of a, um, well, I think of myself as a more of a writer than an actor or anything. For sure. Um, so the first one I saw and actually kind of did, well, I mean, I've seen it multiple times to the point where I was like, oh, I, I could get into this, was uh, Blues Brothers, the first one. Nice. And I remember looking into it and like, Dan Aykroyd wrote the script and he had no fucking clue. Like they said, the script was such a mess that they had to re- <laughs> like rewrite it a bunch of times. I was like, because he had no background in it. He just writing sketches. And I was like, okay, so that's something I could do. You know, it was just kind of inspirational. Like, because I, I love that movie. You know, it's not super laugh out loud funny, but it's just, I don't know, it's just great for me. Um, Another one I said, uh, I was going to put Swingers in just because it's such a bad movie that it, it had such a good following that I was like, I can make <laughs> something better than that. It's good. But I'm, you it's know, good. I'm not so money right now. Sorry, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Swingers. That's a, that's a great example of, of that era too. Yeah. But, um, and then the, uh, the other one I just, it just came to me as you said that was, uh, this movie called The Station Agent. That came out in 2003, and I randomly watched it as Peter Dinklage is in it, and Bobby Cannavale, Michelle Williams. So it's like big names now, but 2003, they were kind of on the cusp. Um, but he's just like a, a guy that watches... It was a lot of like, almost like indie films like you were talking about, where... I don't know, it's like um, he was just obsessed with watching trains or something. I don't know. That came to me... Because the acting was brilliant. I, I was more like dialogue-oriented films where I'm like, okay, I could I could see I could see that being a thing. Um, I don't know. That's the three I had. Um, I did like uh, Phantom Menace because I wanted to be an actor after that because I was like, fuck that nice. kid that was playing Anakin. I was like, nice. that's that's that that role's made for me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was a lot of jealousy. But that's that's yeah, that's about it. Those are the uh, I guess four, three or four. Mm-hmm. So Pat, what say you? You know what? For me personally, I'm just you know I've got all my favorite films. I've got my favorite TV shows and stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I'd ever. I'd much rather the opposite of you. I'd rather much rather be an actor in something and help create yeah. it versus being the one to control it. I've never been one to control. Well, I like to control things, but, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm, I have the capabilities to direct a film or push in the right direction. I can just contribute. I can just contribute, contribute my ideas and make something, so writing. So what? Before. So writing. So no, not even write. Not even writing. I, I don't. I think I'm an okay writer overall. I'm more of an ideas guy. I feel like. Okay. So producer. And I feel like my <laughs> presence. I feel like I feel like my presence is kind of more. I mean, like you know, we sit there and joke all the time about how I should do stand up, and then you two write for me essentially and clean up my shit. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's like I mean we we all agree. It's like I have some really good stories I would make for great stand-up fucking stories. You know, my presentation of them just sucks for the, uh. for the most part. So it's like, you know, um, so yeah, I think I'd just be more of a, you know, one of the, I think I'd just be better actor overall uh, at the end of the day. Um, but if I'd, my films that would have, that would have gotten me into it, um, 
Let's see. Godzilla for sure. I mean, sorry. That's just it's just how it is. Um, very specifically, actually, uh, one of the newer ones, uh, the Godzilla. And because this is all just kind of developed recently before, I was very okay with just staying out of the limelight and just doing my thing. Um, but the but the Godzilla fly, flying past the Godzilla scene, uh, whatever the first, the newest American one, of the newest American ones. Uh, let's see, Boondock Saints because that's just a fun, crazy movie oh, overall. Boondock is a fucking great. Oh, that that is a good one. To this, uh, to this. Yes, and then. Watching Boondock Saints, I was like, I can make this. <laughs> oh, yeah, easily. I mean, hell, Troy he's still... fucking he, Duffy, still, what an asshole. Hell, hell, he's still remaking the movie, like... What a fucking almost asshole. Almost 20 years, 20 years later. He got something else coming out? No, he doesn't. Uh, he's He's been working on a TV show. He's been working on a TV Shut show. Shut the fuck up. Because, for Boondock uh, Saints? Boondock like a Boondock Saints TV Boondock, show? Because Boondock Saints 3 asshole. fall through. He is such an, a- he is such an asshole. Also, 20 years I, to get I forget, two out. I forgot to mention though, because I remember taking a class in uh, college, and they kept talking about Tor- Tarantino and like yeah. Pulp Fiction, yeah. and like how he wrote that. You know, the first couple of scenes where it's like, okay, so like I remember taking a course, and I was like, oh, that's in- that. That was kind of like I was. I think I wrote like I had to write like a mock opening scene, and I think I stole <laughs> the opening scene from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Wow. But, like, change the music up a little bit. Yeah, it was... Wow. Yeah. Look at this guy. That's uh, bah, 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 bah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, that, I mean, that's about it. I mean, it's... Like I said, I'm not... I'm not a filmmaker. I'm more of a... More of an actor, I guess, in that regard. <laughs> no, and I'm not trying... It's not... Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Ooh, I no, hope no actors I'm an, I'm an ideas guy overall. All right. So, we got that. So before we move on to panning the streams, Pan streams. what's uh what's your top three West films? Oh, yes, shit. Pat, I guess we'll start with uh, on the low end. <laughs> then we'll go to me on the middle, and then Brian will be on the t- uh, the high end. That's fine. Yeah, we'll we so we we decided to do top three West, but Pat refused to. So he's gonna do <laughs> bottom three West. <laughs> but is bottom three West for him like his? Top three of his the top, bottom? his bottom three West are going to be the same as ours. Yeah, go ahead. Anyway, uh, number one for worst is our personal favorite, uh, the Jarling Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, okay. that's a shit ass movie. That's a fucking trash ass movie. If I've ever seen one, uh, let's see. Uh, Life Aquatic got bumped into that pretty quick. That's number two, and then we'll close it out with let's see the one I've seen. We'll close out with Royal Tannenbaum because I feel like being fucking jackass about it today. It's fucking crazy. What's your um, fucking psycho? Okay. What's your favorite of his? <laughs> this movies surprises though? you? That surprises even, you. I Brian? don't even give a shit. I don't even. Pat, give a what's shit. your what's yeah, your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Fucking contrarian. Okay. Yeah, he is. On, but do you have your on that you have one? A favorite? I'm a contrarian. Yes. Do you have There's like no one that you Tannenbaum's actually like though? Is the worst is out of you is bottom out of the ones you've seen. Do you have do you have one that's I mean, like so one that you could throw rocket. respect to, bottle rocket. Okay. Shit. Yeah, he likes bottle rocket. Fine. All right. That's, that's Why don't I go with mine? You know what? Okay, top Fine. three. I'm gonna top do three. a top. I'm gonna do a top three. And I'm gonna go for my number one would be Grand Budapest. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like top. It's a, it's a great. It's a great Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes and Ralph Ralph Fiennes. It's a great Ralph Fiennes performance. Number two, I'm going Royal Tenenbaums. Sorry, number two for I'm going. I haven't seen Asteroid City yet, but I hear that's really yeah. good. But I'm gonna uh, go Royal. As a result of that, not seeing it, I'm gonna go Royal Tenenbaums is two. Um, and then I'm gonna go. I know Rushmore is a lot of people's tops, but I don't like Schwartzman. Sorry, I'm gonna go Fantastic Mister Fox yes. is three yes. with Bottle Rocket is three A. Yes, Brian. To be fair, Brian, your turn. To be fair. To, to be, be fair. fair. For, to. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. I've only seen five of the Wes Anderson films. There's like 12. I know shit. So, so there's a... So according to by, Google, there's a movie coming out this year besides <laughs> Asteroid City. Yeah, there's like a weird... but um, The Wonderful Henry? So there's Wonderful is. Henry, there's Asteroid is. City, <laughs> French Dispatch, nah, Isle of Dogs I liked, uh, Grand Budapest, Moonrise Kingdom, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Darjeeling Limited, Life Aquatic, Royal Tenenbaums, Rushmore, and Bottle Rocket. That's what Google says are his films. Okay, so top two rated Rotten Tomatoes movies, Wes Anderson. You didn't, you didn't give your top three yet. Did not you? yet, not yet. Moonrise oh, Kingdom. Tomato Meter? Tomato Meter. Moonrise Kingdom. You're cheating. Moonrise Kingdom. Fantastic Mr. Fox, 93%. Really? Those are the tied for first top rated. Okay. Um, Bottle Rocket, 86. It's a bit rough. Um, Life Aquatic, 57. Accurate. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we were all average on that. Yeah, right. Uh, I liked it a little see. more than, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, Tenenbaums, 81. Rushmore ninety, Grand Budapest ninety two, so Grand Budapest is technically third, I guess, on the scale. Um, my top three would probably be Tenenbaum's Bottle Rocket, Mister Fox. Yeah, okay, that's my top. I'm fine three. with that. That's my top. Yeah, three. That, uh, if you're going to go to like the tomato meter, I'm gonna be like, oh, you lost all respect. No, I didn't. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, they're very, they're very wrong on Bottle Rocket, but um, mm-hmm. uh, and also very. Eighty six is still I, good. Moonrise Kingdom is um, there it is. I mean, he it it's tied for his highest rated tomato tomato movie. I don't movie. get. I don't it's, get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And yeah, I watched it and I watched it and I liked it more this time than I ever have. And oh, I it could be a lot of pedophiles. And I love. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. That Sinead O'Connor didn't get right. to. There's there, there's people right. Oh. Picture me ripping up an eight by ten of Pat. That's a script. <laughs> That's a script right there. Just Sinead O'Connor, just like I'm gonna going gonna, after pedophiles that gonna, like Hollywood movies. I'm gonna print an eight by ten of Pat like this image of him like on the pod, <laughs> and I'm just gonna rip it in an Instagram post. Freedom. Oh. You can, uh, you can be mad at me all you want, Brian, but you know all right. I, did want, right. I did want to say I don't know if I commented on this, but Luke Wilson's hair and Bottle Rocket is incredible. I just yeah, wish, really, I just man. wish, yeah. I just wish he would side part it and not middle part it. Like if he would have did like a side part, it was the sign of the times, man. Ah, it was fucking. Nice. It was the times. Fuck it up. 90s. He he was trying so he was so anti. I had 
the fucking Jonathan Taylor Thomas middle part too, like oh, the middle part. It was a fucking killer. It was. We were so wrong in the. 90s. Everybody digged it. How did at we the time? How did we survive the nineties? That's the question. We you know the best burned was? pictures. The, 90s were the best decade. <laughs> it's not. Though. That's the worst part. The nineties were the best decade. It's not though. But it was. It wasn't. Because as soon as the we best hit decade, Pat. But then Susie hit the best decade. Eleven happened. Nine eleven is the next decade. That's why nineties oh. were the best oh, decade. I, never, I didn't do the round table because we're still innocent. Our lives weren't All right. fucked up. Yeah, Brian fucked up the round table. But let's go to. So now that Pat's being weird with his, just <laughs> depressing us. Let's go. Uh, let's pan the stream. What am I not? What am I not? You gotta pee. All right, so paying the streams. Uh, so we're we're switching things up a little bit, and uh, Pat's hosting next. So he narrowed it down <laughs> to a few segments or a few ideas that he had for uh, our next theme, and the one we all agreed on, and it was really obscure. And this is gonna be fun. It's movies that was it grossed under five hundred dollars or just yeah. made under yeah five hundred bucks domestic grossed under five hundred yeah. <laughs> Five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So we uh, hopefully majority of these are on streaming. I know mine's on mine's on YouTube, but we'll get to that. Um, I'm on Tubi. I'm okay, on so I guess we'll start. We'll start with the the host of the next show. So we'll start with Pat. Pat, what's your what's your so, under five hundred dollar movie? So we're gonna start with a very special film. The film that I picked. Only grossed thirty dollars domestic. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> and fun fun that's fact, like, the director like, himself that's like three people. The, <laughs> this is gonna be fun. The director himself refunded two of those tickets because it was the makeup <laughs> artist and the makeup artist friend. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Seriously. That's not this a joke. Good. It's this film it's is Zizek is uh Zizek's Road. It yeah, please stars spell it out. Captain please spell it out for me. Z Y Z Z Y X. Wonder why it was so hard to find. Yeah, you know the name is uh, not great. Um, it's actually based off a of real road too. That's the funnier part. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, it stars Catherine Heigl at the height of her fame during Grey's Anatomy and Tom Sizemore. That's about all I know about the film because I want to go in surprise to see if this movie is really just a piece of shit or if this was just some weird deal that they had to do. I don't know. I, I like it. But I need to find out. I need to find out why this movie was forced into only grossing $30. And this was on purpose, too. This was done on purpose. This wasn't even... This wasn't even, like... Because it was... A, I mean, it's a, a, supposedly it's a bad movie, but it's not as bad as as $30 domestic gross it is. Can we just... So let me just interject. Just looking up the title. I'm just looking up the title for dates. But uh, this is not the worst Rotten Tomato scores we've ever received. <laughs> this ain't it. It's not Pottersville. It is not Pottersville. It's also not. All right. Uh, well, well, Brian. Oh, Pat, are you still gone? The only other, <laughs> the only other comment I had was, "This is gonna be a fun, fun road." It's no, oh. it's no Hitchcock. It's no Hitchcock like I wanted originally. Oh. But this is a nice. Uh, this is a nice consolation prize. It's all I'm going to say for Catherine Heigl. It's not Heigl. the cocky one in, but all I'm saying for Catherine Heigl, pay your writers. 
Well, she she was the one that was like insulting her she writers sucks. on Grey's I Anatomy. Mean, she just she's just not general. a she's just no, not she's a good not person. Good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's clearly clearly she has not become the Julia Roberts Hollywood wanted her to be because mm. she sucks. No, yeah, no, she sucks. Sorry, but, on the record. But you know what? At least it'll be interesting. It could. Be. I can't wait to shit all over it. Yeah, it could be. It'll be fun to shit on. Oh it. yeah, totally. Um, all right, Brian, what are you gonna shit on? Oh shit. Okay. Oh man. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh did i oh shit i fucking did, i got rid of it hold on so so oh so 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 pat suggested this and he sent a link and uh that link linked me to one of one of a movie one of not my favorite but one of a movie that i saw a long time ago that i used to be obsessed with um and it's called trojan war so i'm gonna i'm gonna plot you trojan war it's called Trojan War. Um, a geeky high school virgin, Brad, played by Will Friedle, the older brother of uh, uh, Board Meets World fame, uh, pines for the popular cheerleader Brooke Kingsley, played by Marley Shelton, from like uh, you know that movie where like the cheerleaders like were bank robbers or whatever. Yeah, she's in that. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she's the one love- was obsessed with Conan. Yes, but she's in love with Hotshot Jock Kyle, played by Eric Belfour. Kind of looks like a dopey lead singer of Fuel. Um, however, <laughs> when it looks as though Brad is going to get his chance with Brooke after a hot, saucy study session, he goes on a madcap search for a condom. Because so, so what happens is the popular girl in high school realizes this fucking nerdy guy who's a total virgin is into her. So she's like, you know what? To make my fucking jockey shitbag boyfriend jealous, I'm going to invite him to my house and maybe I'm going to fuck him. So she brings him over. She's like, okay, let's do it. Do you have a condom? He's like, holy shit, I don't. So the movie becomes a fucking, you know, like, uh, you know, kind of zany movie of like him trying to get a condom and get back to her. But obviously hijinks ensue and stuff like that. However, bad, uh, bad, Brad's best friend, uh, Leah is played by Jennifer Love Hewitt, whom we will get into my feelings about Jennifer Love Hewitt on the next episode. But um, <laughs> played by Jennifer Love Hewitt, his best friend, the tomboy-ish girl who dresses up to fucking win him over late in the movie, a la some kind of wonderful, you know, fashion. But um, yeah, I mean, I used to be obsessed with this movie. I had a, I have a very good friend who's also obsessed with it. I'm going to text her and definitely make her give a three word review for this. But um yeah, I know it's just one of those like raunchy teen late nineties, early two thousands comedies. Like I've seen this movie. You you might have. It it had a little USA late night play, I feel like, in okay. there. Yep. Um but uh and, and Will Friedel and Jennifer Levue at the peak of their fucking popularity, Boy Meets World, Party of Five, you know, right before I know what you did last summer, that kind of shit. Um and her dating and banging Carson Daly, which is awful. But um Carson Daly had a streak. He unfortunately <laughs> did. Yeah. Uh, Und- yeah, he and John Mayer. I feel like there's a lot of like him and like John, John Mayer, Mayer had an Nicholson, incredible run that I was like, what the fuck? Well, although Nicholson but, was accused of rape, so Well and he's also terrible looking. Yeah. Um but anyway, Jennifer Love Hewitt, big fan. Um and this was, yeah, this was like one of those like indie fucking never seen movies. The reason this movie grossed under five hundred thousand, grossed under five hundred dollars, 
however, is because Warner Brothers put in like one theater for like two days, and like the two audiences were like, "This sucks," and they were like, "Fuck it, pull it." But um, which is which is going to be a lot of fun with this next episode. That's we're going to talk thing. about a lot more movies that did not make the cut. Yeah. Um. But yeah. All right. Trojan War. I'm so All excited. Right. I never thought so, I would get on a podcast and talk about Trojan War. So finally, I think I have it on DVD. The last one, um, that my my choice is also based on the uh, the link that Pat sent us of movies that grossed under five hundred dollars. I'm gonna go with the ghastly love of Johnny X because it sounds right up my alley. It's a uh, it's an homage to 1950s sci-fi teen and rock and roll like movies of the era. Follows the adventures of Johnny X, an alien on Earth who is chasing his ex-girlfriend after she steals his powerful invention, the resurrection suit. So this is on YouTube, actually. Like, just just YouTube, not YouTube TV. (laughs) Um, It stars Will Keenan and Creed Bratton. Oh, my God. I will talk so much about Creed Bratton next episode. I'm excited. He's my Jennifer Love Hewitt. I did see this. No, I'm just kidding. But Creed Bratton is uh, Creed from The Office, if anyone has watched this. Yep. Uh, I just watched The Office. Yep. Um, It also stars Kevin McCarthy and Paul Williams. Paul Williams, the composer, is in this, I think, according to Wikipedia. What? So we'll see. No, Paul Hamilton Williams Jr., American composer. He wrote uh, "Old Fashioned Love Song" for Three Dogs Night. Is he John Williams' son? Uh, no, right? No. Uh, don't, don't do that to me. Good question. He is. Don't do that to me. John Williams. Mm-hmm. He's not. Okay. Wait, one of his brothers was John Williams, NASA <laughs> rocket scientist. So. <laughs> gotcha. Busted. What, what but he uh, wrote the lyrics to the opening theme song for the uh, Love Boat. Love you've seen him. Boat. You're going to see. You, okay. you see a picture of him. You've seen him. Creed, of course, from The Office. And then Kevin McCarthy. It's his last role. Kevin McCarthy, for any horror fans, was uh, the male lead in the uh, horror science fiction film Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1956 Ooh. one. Oh. Not the. I'm assuming that's not the one with um <laughs> Donald. Yeah, Sutherland, right? That was '78. <laughs> but yeah, that was his last film. So uh, and oh, it grossed eighty six dollars because it was shown also, just like Brian said, it was shown at one theater. Which I I, I love these these movies that Pat was sending. They were only shown in one theater, so yeah, I don't know if it's marketing. They didn't I don't know. Chance. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But at the at the end of its here at the end of its run of merely two theaters, the film grossed two thousand four hundred thirty six dollars. Yeah, so dope. I don't know what the budget was, but I don't think they made the budget. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. I, I think uh, next episode is going to be real fun to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, We're going to have a grand old time. And on that note, I think that's the end of it. That's it. We Yay. did it. We did it, guys. Yay, we did it. Brian, uh, who had a song? Somebody had a song to play us Do you want to do yours too. first? I'll do mine real quick. God, I hope um, it's the same song. It's that not. would be great. It's not. There's no fucking way. <laughs> but um, 
Mine was just because uh, he he uh, recently passed away, and it's a song that always makes oh, me... Oh, TV? Yeah, it's a song that makes me happy all the time. TV so one? I'm going to play... Uh, the song is Smile by Tony Bennett. Okay. Fair enough. I'll play a little bit of it. I'll go with that. Let me see if I can fast forward. When there are clouds in the sky, you get by. If you smile through your fears and sorrow, smile and maybe tomorrow. All right, Brian, you ready with yours? I just, you know, Wes Anderson known for obviously some incredible needle drops, but I was really impressed by the amount of this Hank that played in the nice Kingdom. I didn't even know the was a little Indian standing by the door. He fell in love with an Indian maid. Is it Hank Roy? Is it Hank Roy? Yeah. He's like three times. Well, so she could never answer yes or no. He always wore his Sunday feathers and held a Tommy Hall. The maiden wore her beads and braids and hoped someday he'd call. Too stubborn to ever show a sign. Because his heart was made of naughty pine. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. We love you. Check us out on Instagram. We'll see you on the And Twitter or whatever it is. No, X. Find us. Yeah, find us on Triple X. Find us. Maybe find us on Threads. Facebook. Pornhub. Germany. Whatever.